27th episode of Talk About Board Games. I win a major award, debate Bond or Born, and do a playthrough review of the storytelling game Agents of Smirsh. Welcome to episode 11. I am Fred. I'm joined by my wife. Hello. And we have a really fun session of Agents of Smurfs this week for you, so stick around to hear that. But that is not all we played this week, is it, Nicole? Of course not. Now, did you play anything this week? Mm-hmm. What'd you play? We played Morels. You played Morels. We played Morels. The mushroom game? The mushroom game. Unbelievable. I can't remember what it says about it. The, like, foraging and... It says don't eat the cards, right? They're poisonous. <laughs> There's actually a warning on the box <laughs> that says that uh, not all mushrooms are edible. Some can be poisonous. We do not take responsibility, so don't We use those mushrooms it. to print these cards. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Maybe. But I think that's pretty funny that they had to put a disclaimer about mushrooms themselves. You know, my folks tr- tried to remember which one of their boys hated mushrooms. It was my brother. Yeah. Who then piped up and said, why would I want something that tastes like dirt on my food? It doesn't taste like dirt. <laughs> I don't think so either. I think they're delightful. I as well. Most of them. Which ones are bad? I don't know. Some of them aren't quite so awesome. They're just kind of... I think it's a texture thing a lot of times with mushrooms. Yeah. Because they don't have a lot of flavor to them. But some of them are really squishy and funky. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, we had some... When I made that soup, that some of them in there weren't. They were weird. I don't know. I don't remember which kinds they were. They were yeah. expensive. I know that. Mushrooms aren't cheap. No, they're Morels not. Morels, in particular, I don't even think you can buy them. Like, you have to go to farmer's markets to get them because people, like, hunt them down. And Well, we used to have the ones. Now, we may have to bleep this. We used to have shiitake mushrooms. <laughs> but we just slice them up and put them in beef bouillon, and they tasted delightful. I didn't buy those. <laughs> I stunned you. <We've laughs> I'm stunned. We uh, use portobellos a lot, though. Yeah. Which I don't think portobellos are in the game. Really? Yeah. So what's this game like? It's it's like a set collecting game. Yeah. It's kind of neat. You've got like a, a row of eight cards, and you kind of are like venturing through the forest to gather the mushrooms. Really? But you can only... Um, to, to pick the cards up and put them into your hand so that you mm-hmm. can create the sets, you can only pick one of the first two cards mm-hmm. unless you have sold some of your <clears throat> mushrooms in exchange for these foraging sticks. If you have a foraging stick, you can go further So into... hold on a second. This has character upgrading in it? No. Is this an RPG about mushroom hunting? <laughs> no, but you get the stick. Because <laughs> if you have a stick, you can go further. You're, I, don't, I guess you're a better forager if you have a stick. Mm. I've never hunted a mushroom. I don't know. I, well, I see those but, those freaks out there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> whatever. No, but so like you, you if you if you want to go past the first two cards, uh-huh. then you have to use your sticks, which the only way to get those is to have sold your mushrooms. But the only way to actually win the game is to cook your mushrooms in sets, and that they'll be more, worth more points than your opponent's sets of mushrooms that they've cooked. 
So the ones that you sold don't mean anything. Your weird. sticks don't mean anything. Is there the a customer and- buying them at the end? Is that the idea? No. You're just cooking them. And however many points you get for cooking from the cooked mushrooms. I know. That's your score. But and when, it's I, when kind I, of fun. I'm just telling you, when I play the story out in my head, there's some broken thing where you like turn around and say, "By the way, my mushrooms were good last night," and someone was like, Mm-mm, "Mine are better." And then, then you you just Here, here's what I, gotta, I, what I have to it. say about the theme of this game. Yeah, it works amazingly well. You feel like you're kind of trudging through the forest to go get these mushrooms. Really. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, okay, I, we talked about Jaipur last time. I didn't feel like I'm going to a marketplace to buy yeah. anything. It's like, because even the cards, it's like, oh, here's some red, here's yeah. purple. But I never actually looked at the cards to see if it's a blanket or whatever. This, I really do feel like I'm tr- I'm foraging for those particular mushrooms and really? wanting to get those sticks and upgrades so I can go further in. They've got, like, the daytime mushrooms and the nighttime mushrooms. So oh, some of the cards, nightshade. they've got like little full moon <clears throat> cards that yeah. if you go get one of those, then you exchange it for one of the nighttime mushrooms. Hmm. And those are worth like double points. Weird. It's really kind of neat. I liked it. Really? The only complaint that I would have about it mm-hmm. is uh, they've got these, I can't remember what they're called. We keep calling them the death angel mushrooms, <laughs> but they're not. They're like the decaying angel or something. Okay. Um. You've got you've got a certain amount of cards that you can hold in your hand. You can only hold eight. Yeah. Unless you've acquired a basket. If you okay. have a basket, that means you can do two more cards. If you get another basket, two more cards, etc. If you get one of these angel cards, destroyed angel, whatever. Let's just call them death angels. If you get a death angel card in your hand, it's like the or, space marines, whatever. I no. know that's why I keep thinking that. <laughs> no, it's dark angel. Go ahead. Well, whatever. Oh, is it? Yes. Dang it. <laughs> Go ahead. What's Death Angel? There's something that's Death Angel. There's a band called Death Angel. Is that it? It's a thrash metal band. I don't think that's it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Okay, so the Angel cards. Um, If you get one of those, then your hand size is limited to only four cards. So you have to discard all but four of your cards. Okay. And you can't increase the size of your hand until you've, like, cooked mushrooms once. Mm -hmm. And that means that then they've... Once you eat these other mushrooms, I guess they've gone out of your system. You poop them out. <laughs> I don't know. That's all we got out of it. Death poop. Yeah. <laughs> They're not good for your system. Okay. But anyhow, that, that those cards, it, they were so easy to avoid. Mm-hmm. Because as you, you, you can pick from your first two cards. If you don't pick one of those first two cards, or whatever you don't pick, let me start over. Let's say you pick one of those two cards. Yeah. The other card is going to go into the decay pile. Okay. And the cards all scoot down and you fill in however many more. Uh-huh. Sometimes we, you may do an action where you don't take one of those two cards, but that first card is still going to go into the decay pile. Once you have four cards in the decay pile, they go away. Oh, because you can take the whole decay pile if there's mushrooms in there that you want. Okay. But after there's four in there, if one more is getting added, then those go away. Yeah. And you don't get them. There's hmm. You don't have a chance that that Morella got stuck in the decay pile. Well, if there's one of those angel mushrooms in there, Poop then you would be stuck with it. But you don't have to take it. And none of those cards are going to make or break you most of the time, at least not when Angela and I play, because, frankly, she's better at me than at that game. But Oh, no, not blue- another one. Shut up. <laughs> so... <laughs> They're easy to. They're too easy to avoid. Yeah, that's my only complaint about it. They're really the only detriment of the game, and they're way easy to avoid. Just yeah. don't pick it up, unless you're dealt in the opening hand. Yeah, it just. But I don't this know, game those, was a lot of fun. 
Yeah, other than those, I, we had a great time with it. Is this a two-player game, or is this it's more two, than two? Nope, two-player only. Two exclusive. Yep, designed that way. Wow. Um, we had read a lot of people had complained, and there's even a, a supplement sheet on there. People had complained about putting out the eight cards and sliding them down as yeah. you go. I don't have any problem with it. Um, they have, like, an alternate route where you can, like, put them in a circle, and yeah. so, like, this will be empty, and then you just circle around to the next one. Okay. That seemed like you were adding confusion and taking away from the theme, because I felt like we were progressing through the line of mushrooms to go further into the forest. Yeah. But after playing Legacy, where, hey, guess what? You're scooting these cards down all the time. Yeah. What's, I don't get why that's a hassle. I don't know. It takes away from the theme to take that mechanic away, and it's not hard. Yeah. It takes up a little little bit of space, but not that much space, really. Hmm. So I don't know. I don't know why that was a complaint for a lot of people. But this is a recommended game from you. Yeah. You liked it a lot. I enjoyed it. I think yeah. I think it's for like people maybe trying to get their wives into gaming or something like that, or if they just know that, you know, they've <clears throat> only got a certain amount of time for lunch. Yeah, what was the I game think- time on it? Um, we got through one full game and had 10 minutes left of our lunch break. So about 50 minutes on your first nah, game? Probably No, it was probably about, well, we had to learn the game the first time, and I think we, we just barely finished it the first time. Yeah. I think it's about 40 minutes. 40? But we chit-chat, too. So, so 30 if you're probably experienced? Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah, it was good. Well, you know, I'm going to go over one that I went over, that I, that I played. You're going to go over one that you went over? I went over this game. I jumped it. It wasn't a big game, so it was easy. Okay. The, uh, uh, I, I got a game that kind of got a lot of buzz, and it's I think it's a tasty minstrel game uh, called Harbor. Is it? <clears throat> now, I think it is. And, and the thing about Harbor is that... Should I look it up? It is a game that, that I know a lot of people have compared to Le Havre, which is a Uwe Rosenberg game, which is, you know, the, the guy who made Agricola, and he makes these really complex... Mostly worker placement games. Right. And, I mean, we've played Agricola on the show. You know, we even talked about it as a five for five. It was in our first one. This one is, is it, it's it, I think only in theme does it actually touch that. Although, just by title, it sort of implies that that's what it is. Uh-oh. You got this weird grimace on your face just Well, now. I was looking it up, but I was looking it up on Instagram. Just That's fine. Never mind. Go ahead. Um, this game is like a, uh, it is sort of played like La Havre, and it's it's played uh, in about, I'd say, one hour or so. is closer, maybe 45 minutes. It says 30 on the box. The uh, the game felt deep, decently balanced. In this game, you're, you're, you're uh, collecting certain, you got four different goods you can collect, and mm-hmm. you sell the goods, you know, when the market's high on those goods, and you use that money to buy buildings that usually provide you ways to get more goods and change other stuff, and the buildings are worth victory points, and usually you just collect uh, three buildings, and whoever, you know, has the highest score, you know, of combined points of buildings at the end of the game, plus bonus cards, is the winner. And it's, it is actually really neat. It has an active market track where you're sliding stuff around. If you sell two of the commodities, they become the lowest two commodities, and the other two that didn't get sold become more valuable. Mm, okay. and, it, and it's actually it's not bad. It's a nice abbreviation of that type of game, you know, of this, of this commodity selling. Uh, I will say that <clears throat> the scoring did seem tight, so it feels like there is a decent balance to the game. I just played it two-player. It does play, I think, up to four. And uh, one of the cool things is you actually have uh, characters in it, and there's 16 characters or something like that that come with it, and each nice. one of them has their own unique ability. I always like that. Yeah, which really makes a variety, the variety of the game pretty good, and you do randomly draw out all the building cards every turn, So certain, and, and the buildings, like right when they're turned face up, you can use the building, 
And if you own the building, if you purchase the building and somebody else can still use it, but then you get a commodity of your choice. Hmm. <clears throat> and it's it's really fun. You're just trading commodities around and going to buildings. You get to you, it's a worker placement game. Does with only one, one person worker. get to use that commodity? What do you, uh, no, I mean you all, you were both collecting commodities. I mean, like or the building or whatever you said that uh, they can turn, use yours. You, you have to pick up your your oh. player that's down on the table and move him to a different building every turn. Oh, okay. And so it's a worker placement game with one worker in your in your possession. Oh, that's the whole neat. Time. It actually plays really elegantly, I thought, and I've seen some like sort of downgrades saying, "Why would I bother with this when I could just spend another triple the time and play La Habra?" And it's like, okay, well, whatever. That's why. I guess I guess you don't play games at lunch, you know. <laughs> yeah. Because I can't play La Havre at work. I can Some play of this us at work. Work for a yeah. living. <laughs> so this this really fits the bill of what I expected, which is a small, micro-sized game that gives you that sort of sense. Nice. You know, and it shouldn't be compared to a big box game. Obviously, I don't play small games at home. That's what big, you know, I have big tables at home, and I expect to play big games. I play small games at work and, you know, where it's not as convenient. So does that mean we're not going to get to play that game together? We'll never play it. That's depressing. That's not true. Uh, We'll probably play it. Uh, (laughs) I found the the scoring really tight, which meant it was kind of balanced. And I did notice that because you do randomly draw out the buildings at the start of the game, the wrong building draw can really slow this game down Mm. because you are dependent on spaces to create more commodities for you. Right. And uh, I, I overall, I thought it was a fine, a fine little Euro game that that played, you know, or mechanical based game that played out really fast. How long did it take? About about thirty to forty five minutes for the two of us to play. And now I don't know if it sped up. You know, obviously I was playing with uh, Travis, Mister Analysis Paralysis himself. Yeah. But he, I mean, even with that, it, we still were able to finish with like well under an hour. Hmm. So it was pretty good. Did you play anything else this week? No, I only got to have lunch with Angela twice, and we played Morels both times. Well, we had a cram session. Oh, no, I take that back. Oh, never mind. Go ahead. We played, uh, well, we played, we cheated. We played the iOS version of Ticket to Ride, and I played that with, with Brianna, and I played have it with Have we talked Angela. about the iOS version of that? I don't know if we have or not, <clears throat> but if we haven't, please get it if you have Yeah, if you like compatible. Ticket to Ride, that, it's, it's the iOS version's amazing. It's wonderful. It's so good. It's good by yourself. It's good with friends. It's good as a pass and play. It's good as a uh, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, link up, Yeah, it blah, does blah. Bluetooth. That's one of those really nice things is, is certain games do Bluetooth, so everybody opens their own version of the app, and you're all playing the full game right there, and you don't have to pass your phone around or worry about somebody dropping it or worry about somebody's sticky fingers who's eating ice cream while they play the game. Yeah. <clears throat> it's really, really nice. Yeah, it's really well done. Yeah. Although I still like playing the real game, real life, too. Do you like it more? Well, if we have space. The one thing this thing does that really makes Ticket to Ride like way more fun for me is it shuffles the cards for you. <laughs> In real Ticket to Ride, you're drawing these trains and drawing and drawing and drawing and drawing. Everybody's drawing stuff on and building up these sets of cards every turn. And then you just run through this deck in a matter of seconds. And then you have these giant chunks of colored cards in this in pile. Yeah. And the worst is is that the base game has micro cards. Yeah. Which makes it even worse. You know, we yeah, of course really got the tiny. 1910 expansion that gives you the full size cards. Which is very helpful. <clears throat> which helps, but you still are shuffling cards and shuffling cards and shuffling cards, and they have to be shuffled really, really well. Yeah. Because they are building sets. So it, it becomes this just tedium of because you have to shuffle it about eight times to make sure you really get a well, good I've mix. Well, I've been doing that little other shuffle. I just shuffle them face up and, like, yeah. you know, 
pink, white, blue, green in different stacks and then put a yellow on top of white, pink on top of blue. The buffalo and, shuffle? Is that what it's called? No, I just made that up. Oh. <laughs> There's not a real name for that? I don't know. There should be is. a name for that. I can't remember. Set shuffling. I don't know. I will call it the buffalo shuffle. Okay. There you go. <clears throat> it's probably a dance, I'm sure. But the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's the great thing about that is that that gets rid of all the shuffling for you. Yeah. And so on top of it, you know, convenient. you do shuffle as well in that game whenever three wild cards come up in, yeah. the, in the actual, like, you know, face up draw area. Yeah, there's a lot of shuffling. So <sighs> yeah, it does, it does help a lot with that. If you just want. Because that, I don't think I've played. An iOS game of that that mm-hmm. took more than thirty minutes. I think the best moment of this game this week is uh, Travis was playing it by himself. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> and he and he's scoring his, his round and he scored like two hundred and one points. <laughs> and I, and I show it to you and you were like, oh yeah, I scored two hundred one, no problem. And we're like, without expansions. No. No, because there's a, there's expansions, the nineteen ten expansion that give you big cities and stuff like that, and these. You just get lots of overlapping routes a lot more, and you score way higher. It's I like, scored like 271. I thought yeah. that was pretty good. Yeah, I know, but not for big cities it no, wasn't. For big not. cities, it's probably like 350 would be an amazing score. I don't know. I haven't played that one that much. I don't Anyhow. know. But anyways, yes, Travis right scored along. 201, and he was proud of that. And Nicole tried to shut him down, and we shut her and down. And then you made fun of me, so thank you. <laughs> thank you, Travis. <laughs> uh, also, uh, you know, I did get a chance to play another, like, I, I played three pocket games this week. I played another one called Tiny Epic Kingdoms. I thought we had talked about that one. We have not. We talked about Tiny Epic Defenders before. <laughs> Which okay. is a co-op game. I'm going to get my my tiny epic games confused. <laughs> now, this is like supposed to be a 4X game in your pocket. I'm not even going to go into what the 4Xs are. But it's basically... I did like explore... <laughs> Exciting. Here we no, go. I no, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> is this a quiz? No. <laughs> but uh, you, uh, it, you in, in a four X game, you are playing like a, a civilization usually, and you're expanding out into other countries, and Expand. you're fighting other people, and you are like ex, you know exploring new regions, and you know. You said explore, expand, <clears throat> ex something else, and exterminate. I'm right? No, nah, I don't even know about that. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tiny Epic Kingdoms, I'm just going to say, we played one game of it, and in the two-player variant of this game, it seemed like all you had to do was be the first aggressor that won, and you could actually just put a boot on top of the other person, and they would never actually win. What? They could never make a it comeback. There's a boot in the game? Oh, my God. Are you just making a phrase? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> it's a two play- we played it two player. It's a it's a four player game up to four players and you should play it four players. Okay. Maybe even up, even up to five, I can't remember. Once again, another game with multiple classes of creatures and stuff and they each have their own abilities. And this one you're playing to one of three to three different goals. <clears throat> you're either trying to build your tower up to the the highest level. You're trying to make your magic or your abilities or skills or whatever up to the highest level. Uh-huh. Or you're trying to, uh, what was the last one? I can't remember. Exterminate? No. Oh, if you if you got your, <laughs> your eighth worker guy or your eighth little pawn in play, you could win the game like that. You oh. win the game like that. Okay. Um, here's the thing. In a two-player game, okay, so you start the game off and you've got this action table. And this is the coolest part of this. 
you've got an action table and it's got six actions on it when and it's got five little little silver shield tokens you put on it mm-hmm. and when you use one of the actions it blocks the action for the other person and until all of the actions on there have been used or five of the six actions have been used you don't get to reset the board and it's an odd number so that you will not be the first person again because the person who uses, you know, who uses the sixth action will clear the board and use the first action instead. Because there's only five tokens. Right. So it changes players every time, which is a really neat mechanic, and it makes it makes it sort of varied what's going on. And you can do stuff like move your guy a space over, like a territory over. You can create another guy by spending food. You can gather resources with any of the actions, which usually uses like a terrain type to gather food or or uh, lore. And it's it's fun because those little three commodities become things that you spend on other other things like bricks, like or the ore is used to build the tower, the lore is used to build your magic, and the food is used to build more people. So the three goals are built with the three different commodities. Hmm. It's 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 really a neat little game, but the problem is it is not a two player game. Yeah. Because Travis walked over and he said, "So I can fight you?" And I said, "Yeah." And he goes. How do I do that? I said, you just attack my guy. And he goes, okay, <clears throat> I attack your guy. He goes, now how do I do that? And I look, and the you can use your two of your commodities to add up to your war value. And you use, all you do is just spend commodities secretly. You, you select how many commodities you're going to spend on a 12-sided die, and you keep it hidden, and you reveal it. And you add that number, whoever is the highest number, versus the two, will win. If they're tied, the defender wins. <clears throat> and so he, I look down, and, and this is how commodities work. Lore is worth two, <laughs> ore is worth one in a battle. And I look down, and Travis has five lore and, like, three ore, and I have two ore mm-hmm. at that time and zero lore. So he's going to win. And, yes, because he can generate, like, 15 points, and it's, like, the third turn because he was collecting resources on two of his lore spaces. Okay. And he's just, at that point, he goes, so these are worth two and that's worth one? I said, yeah. And he goes, okay, so, and he just picks exactly how much it would take to beat me no matter what. And he goes, okay, I beat you. And then he beats me. Okay. Now, there is a rule in the game where he cannot defeat my final pawn that's on the table. Okay? Okay. So I will always have at least one pawn, no matter how long the game goes, until he wins with some one of those three different goals, I will always have one pawn represented. Right. Well, I cannot really reach those goals reasonably unless I make more than one pawn. And every time I made more than one pawn, he attacked me. Oh. And took out the extra pawn. Right. It was awful. <laughs> it was huh. awful as a two-player game. There was Is it the no- only time you played it? Yeah, but there was nothing you can do about it. Hmm. If two people play that game and one person becomes the aggressor, collects lore over the other person, goes straight at them and takes them out, they will not. Well, make what if a you'd have gone for lore and ore and <clears throat> stuff first, and like you guys kind of kept head to head, like knowing what you know now? I don't think, do it, think it would change much. Balanced? I think there will still be a confrontation up front, and then a person who just sits there and takes it the rest of the game until the other person wins. There in the in the main game. Like with more than like, cause like I said, it's another one of these ones where you have a truncated, like, or some sort of abbreviated version or altered version yeah. of the real game, where you have a third land and it's not controlled by another player. It's controlled by you know an anonymous you know dud player that can be controlled by the other person, which became a problem too because every time I try to take spaces on the on the addition the extra persons the fake players spaces he he got to play 
you know, war tokens towards that guy's war. Oh. So I would lose no matter what. Right. If I tried to run away, I would lose. If, if I tried to create more guys, he would be right there to stomp on me. It was awful. Hmm. But in the you can't form alliances in the two-player game, but in the three-player game, you can. Well, there's no place, nobody to alliance with in a two-player game. <clears throat> Correct. You're always at war, and you can never choose peace. Right. So you can't, like, because in, in, the, in the real game, which let's just call it that, because that's what that is. It's a three-player game. Right. Do not buy this game if you think it's a two-player game, because it is not. It's a three-player game, minimum. Okay. It might be best. It, I actually looked it up online. It said best with four. Well, yeah. And uh, and you can you can make alliances and you can you can claim peace and both share resources out of a territory, and then if you have a guy like Travis who starts stomping on one guy, the other guy can come up behind Travis when he starts losing too much lore, trying to stomp me out mm-hmm. and take him out, knock him down a peg. You know, and there, there could be this back and forth. But if it's only two people, the guy with the most lore is going to win. Mm. That's a fact. Okay. <clears throat> now the last game I played, I won't talk about as long because it doesn't really need that much. It was called Ninja Dice. <clears throat> I've watched you play that a little bit on your own. Well, it. <clears throat> I got this, and it's it's like any dice game. It's very, Against very you. swingy. Like if you roll <laughs> the wrong die roll, you do you're just you're just dead. And if you roll the right one, you're good. You know. Yeah. And it's like one game you'll roll the right thing like every single time, and the next game you won't roll anything right. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's not, and there's no strategic decision that really changes that for you, really. Hmm. That's that's kind of the problem with it. So, um, what I, makes it what? Makes, what makes it unique? Well, the what makes this unique is that when you throw this, when you throw the dice, like there's lots of dice games, like uh, zombie dice or Martian dice, you know, where you're trying to roll a set and collect points based on this set. Right. This is not like that. Okay. This one you have, and, and I used I used a location expansion with it, but you don't need that necessarily. This one you're rolling dice, and it becomes the mission objectives that you're on, your ninja mission, right? So right. you roll these these black dice, and you roll, in the base game, you roll four black dice in the first round, five in the second, and, and three in the third, and it's only a three-round game. Then you add up points. You get bonus points if you can match symbols that negate those black dice symbols with your ninja symbols, your little skill dice. Mm-hmm. What makes this game unique is that you throw the dice with the opponent throwing little hazard dice into the middle of the table at the same time. Mm-hmm. And their hazard dice actually affect your dice based on how they're pointing. Oh. Which means they can steal money from you. They can they can uh, negate, you know, dice that are on the table. You know, they can... <clears throat> it's, it's actually really neat. Yeah, that, that, that sounds kind of cool. It is kind of cool. In that regard. But, but once again, you need more than two players to make this okay. Um, because when you're only playing two players, one person gets two hazard dice, the other guy gets to uh, gets to roll all of the skill dice as normal. Right. Well, you don't have to wait three turns before your turn comes up again, where where if you're in the lead, people can continue to attack you, because they can also attack each other out of, out of sequence. Just because you're rolling skill dice doesn't mean that you're the only one they can do damage to. They can actually steal money from the other person who's ahead. Mm. And if you play four players, which is what the game is built, I think, to really do, you can take enough money to sort of balance the game back out again if one guy's having extreme luck. You know, right. you can really, you know, sort of balance that back out again versus the people who are not having extreme luck. However, I mean, I won the first game by, like, seven points or something like that, and then Travis won the next game by, like, 17 points. Oh, wow. So it's it's not balanced at all, and I didn't get worse 
on the second game, <laughs> you know? Well, <clears throat> and, and I don't your think, dice rolling might have. Well, that's what I'm saying. My dice rolling. I mean, it's, it is very light. You light, should practice. It's, it's a really light game. I would say do not play it with less than four players. Uh, I don't think the location expansions that much. They said are like worth it. Because they were like, oh, it adds locations, it adds a story element to the game. No, it doesn't. It's, it's so weak. Hmm. It's just like, here's here's the new set of dice with these couple of static dice. Now you still have to roll these other dice. And we'll just say something like, stop the enemy soldiers from advancing. Hmm. And it doesn't make any sense. There's no nothing thematic about the dice rolling that changes, you know, other than you're doing a mission and here's this guard and this, this other guy and, you know, this other challenge, this locked door or whatever, you know. Right. All those, st- all that stuff already comes up on the dice, and this doesn't add anything. I would skip the expansion. Play it only with four players. It's not bad. If I was going to play this or Martian dice, though, I'd probably pick Martian I dice. I really like Martian dice. It's better. I like zombie dice too, though. <clears throat> but I, I like Martian dice quite a bit more than zombie dice. You're not a zombie fan. Uh-uh. And, and uh, this game, is- this game's not bad. It's it's a decent light game. It's probably a decent filler. You can play it in about 15 minutes. Okay. So not too bad. Uh, but that is all I got played this week. That's unless all? you want to talk well, unless you want to talk about our five for five. Do you? Well yeah. Okay, here we go. All right, all right. Let's go through it again and make sure we got it. Count us off, Bill. One, two, three, four. This is a five for five update. All right, another 5 for 5 update. Now, we did start the 5 for 5 last time and uh, announced all our games. And we also announced that we had completed Russian Railroads. Correct. Now we've completed another one. Yes. We've completed Risk Battlefield Rogue. Yes. Now, let me preface this by saying we are not big Risk fans. Okay, so... I'd never played Risk before, (coughs) before Risk Legacy. Yeah. And then I got Legacy for you for uh-huh. Valentine's Day and then realized it was a three-player game and felt like a moron. Yeah. So which that was the played, first time I'd ever played Which we played with Risk. Matt. We played, we played all of Risk Legacy with Matt, but that's not the one we're talking about. This no. is a revisiting to Risk. Right. Now, Risk I tries... Liked, to, I liked Legacy. You're the one who's not a Risk fan. Here's the deal. Risk tries to reinvent itself... Over and over again. And unlike Monopoly, it's not just relabeling everything and saying, oh, this is the same old Monopoly, just now it's Legend of Zelda Monopoly. Game of Thrones Monopoly. <laughs> yeah, whoop-dee-doo. Well, it just came out. I don't care. Or something. Somebody got one. I saw it. <laughs> I saw a picture. All right. I know. It's still Monopoly. I know. You, you can move the Game of the Throne around as your you know, piece you, instead you of a dog. You can't trash it. We like that DVD game. Anyhow, keep going. Anyways, I'm trashing Risk right now is what oh, I'm okay. doing. <laughs> Sorry, that you're um, allowed to do. No, I mean, this so one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this by saying I'm not a big Risk fan. Risk is a dice burn extravaganza. Yes. That's what it feels like. You, it, It's just, it's based on, on a real simple, elegant kind of, you know, decision-making process for dice. You know, if you... You roll dice versus each other. Attackers can roll an extra die. Defenders can only ever roll two. Attackers can roll three. Whoever has the highest, you know, wins versus die. You match up the highs, the highest dice versus the highest die, and then low, you know, next lowest versus the next lowest. And if you supersede the other person, you win. If you mm-hmm. tie, the defender wins. Mm-hmm. And it's this is the same kind of thing, really. But it's it. They didn't have numbers against each other, though, did it? No, it no. didn't. But in this in this case, what you're doing is you are attacking. You're, this is based off a video game. This is Battlefield Rogue, right? Right. 
Now, this one gets rid of all of the pips, and it gives you these little sticker dice that have hits and other ones that have defends on them. Okay? So That's right, yeah. if you look at the dice, I think it's like on the on the attack dice, there's like three pips that say it. That, or no, there was, was there just two? I think there was two two pips that said attack that like you hit. Maybe it was three. I don't remember on the on the on the actual dice. On the actual dice, I think it was three. But three then of them that attacked, were, but the defenders only had two that defended. I don't know. And then there were the super dice where yeah, one of the sides if you hit, you hit twice. Now this this game plays in in it, it like gives you like stair steps to try to learn the game because it actually it is. Uh, it gives you three different type or four different types of troops, and each yeah. one of them have different bonuses. And it gives you unique these unique attack dice instead of pip dice, and they, that seem to favor a little bit towards the attacker as opposed to the defender for a change. <clears throat> and then it also gives you this giant stack of cards that come in two different stacks: combat stacks and command stacks. Three. There was an airplane. Oh yeah, you're stack. right. An airstrike. Airstrike. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, but. I, I mean, what I mean, what did you feel about this game before I get into it? Uh, yeah, meh, meh. I didn't like it. I, I just I don't care about the dice rolling. That's fine. You're the one that has you've got really bad dice burn. But <laughs> I just the, the, okay. They've got these four different <laughs> units, and when you're you play the cards to enhance your strike, like you can just attack, or you can play a card during your combat attack. And that is going to do something special for you. Give you like an extra die, or most of the time they took one of your dies from like a normal die to an to an upgraded die. die. But in order to get that, to in order to use that card at all in that group, you had to have like the specialist, or you had to have the what were they called engineer, engineer, yeah, or support. Yeah, and I never did get it straight in my head which figure was which thing because they didn't represent in my head at all what they were supposed to represent. Yeah. Oh, support. There's a little squatting guy, and he's supposed to be your support. Yeah. I don't do war games. What What is supportive about some guy squatting? He's it's shooting just, for you. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it was just goofy. And so they put, I thought there was like, if they're going to make that much emphasis on these particular types, then there needs to be a better differentiation between, like, they should have almost been, like, different shades of your blue color and or, just to differentiate them. They just, I couldn't even tell half of them apart, meaning two of them <laughs> looked exactly the same out of the four. Yeah. You know, and, like, you really had to, they were so tiny, you had to, like, see them from across the room to, you know, across the table to see which, yeah. you had to get really up close to figure out if that was that guy or the <clears> other guy. It, it I don't know. All right. It's just boring. So this is this is how I felt about this game. <laughs> okay. This, this is pretty much how it feels to play this game. You start off with one squad of four guys, and you can have any of the four guys. You then draw or you then are you you're dealt five cards right off the bat. You're given two command cards and three attack cards. The command cards do this. They generate more troops more often than not. Mm-hmm. And the command deck is limited. So there's like, let's just say the command deck is 20 cards. When it runs out, there are no more command cards that you get to draw. And now, you're not going to add any more troops. Now, every turn you start with drawing a card that matches a controlled space that you have and a space that's not controlled by anyone else, you can draw one of those or an additional card from a space that you that you control. 
So if you have a command card space, you will draw only command cards because you know that that's the only way your opponent can get more troops, and it's the only way you can get more troops, and they're limited. Yeah. So you need. To, so you just like start this kind of battle of collecting command cards. Right. Now this this like will postpone the actual playing of the game for thirty plus minutes of you just taking turns, moving guys away from generating spots, creating more guys with your command cards that you got last turn, and not ever actually engaging with each other at all. Yeah, it was So you weird. turtle like crazy for the first like 30 to 40 minutes of the game. Yeah, because the first game we played like the super basic rules. It took us like 10 minutes, boom, yeah. you were dead. Yeah. And I won. Yes, I did. Hm. It was awful. And then the burn. second game, <laughs> we introduced like an intermediate level or whatever. Yeah. And it took us forever. Yes, because like, we, we introduced kept... the command cards. Yeah. Now attack cards can come back and air support cards can come back and air support cards are only usable if you control an air support space. Wasn't that what it was? Or that's the only way you can get them is by controlling an air support space. Right. It Which was I just, did. Oh my god. So I got that card and then there was one of them that said you could do like an airstrike. Yeah. And, or, or no, an airdrop. That's what it was. So yeah. I was able to drop my units into your space. Yeah. But it didn't say anything about not being able to drop them right on your spawn point. Yes. That's the only place so, that you can... Back to the turtling. Now, in the turtling, you have to constantly clear <laughs> your start space. Because it's the only place you can create more troops. So, it, you know, with air support cards apart, all you do is create units... Move them off. Create units and move them off. Create units and move them off, and you're just trying to be the one who collects the most command cards. Right. And that's over half the game. Sound like fun? No. Sound like war? No, it sounds boring. It's it's horrible. Okay. And, and then, okay, so then we get these air support cards as we go through it. And once again, she finds that she can drop a unit. Or no, those are the command tokens. And the command token is what allowed you to drop... A unit any on any space in the entire board, which includes my start space, which every space can only be occupied by up to four people. Right. So as long as you kept four people on there, I couldn't spawn more units. And woohoo, what a good time. That's not overpowered. Well, you, you know? didn't try and come kill me either. I couldn't kill you. I know. It was absolutely ridiculous. I know. This game, I, I'm just saying, I'm just gonna say straight out, risk can reinvent itself a hundred different ways. And it's still risk at its core, and it still does not... It doesn't have that next level of depth that makes it more engaging than See, just, did I lose the die roll? Oh, yeah, I did, so well, I lost that's the why game. I, I really liked Risk Legacy, other than the fact that we almost, like, killed each other, because we were mean. We were mean. You guys... I don't know. Anyhow, what I thought that was fun. <laughs> Make sure they're really good friends if you play. Really that game. good friends, yes. But I loved <laughs> that game. I thought it was. I thought it was a great time. Oh, uh, we let this you, one. I thought it was. You're, you're you're kind of like in in your mind is 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 kicking out the idea that we left over half the games barely wanting to even look at each other. I know, and it's fantastic because think about how strong that we are now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but you can, I still, I think about, I remember playing that, and there's a lot of games that we've played yeah. that I'm like, did I play that? Eh, whatever, must not have been that great. That was great. Oh, it was awesome. This game, I'm just going to say, Risk Battlefield Rogue. 
Definitely right. its own risk game, okay? If and, you and see it at a thrift store for three bucks, fine. <clears throat> we bought it for six dollars from Target, and this this game is so cheap <laughs> that it doesn't even have shrink wrap around it. It just had two little plastic tabs on the side of the lid that connected to the bottom of the box. Two little, pl- <laughs> like, like they used to close video games with. The Remember, like computer dots, games? Yeah, whenever they'd open it and then. <clears throat> yeah, they were plastic dots. It. Yeah. That was how they closed that game and, and put it on a retail shelf. That's pretty funny. Absolutely ridiculous. But this game is pretty much as cheap as the components feel out of the box feels. Well, I didn't think the components felt <laughs> all that cheap. It just it wasn't very fun. I'm just telling you, it's going in a garage sale. We looked at the resale value on uh, Board Game Geek, and it's not good. <laughs> it's so bad <laughs> that you could probably just slip it off to someone for five dollars at a garage sale, and you'll be good. And if I, you only invested six bucks and you played five games, and you're out a dollar, you're up your head. <laughs> you're di- you did great. <laughs> but that's all we needed to talk about. Bis- Battlefield Risk or uh, Risk Battlefield Rogue. That is a game we're going to get rid of. Yes. All right, uh, now something happened really cool to me over the last few weeks, like the last couple weeks. Okay. Do you want to hear about it? Of course. Okay. Why do you ask? Whew. Wow. Would you look at that? Magnificent. Here are some peaked interests. Okay, so what happened was on... now. Some people that listen might not realize, and I bet I bet everybody does though. There's a thing called BoardGameGeek.com, okay, and this is like this is where people catalog and and review and just you know just obsess over board games. Right. <clears throat> they make us look like lightweights. We are. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Okay, uh, but on this they have like, these contests that are put up by sponsor or like by by uh you know sponsors or by uh usually kickstarters mm-hmm. and i enter these contests fairly often and i finally won one yay <laughs> i know i won a game called war quest now i didn't win the grand prize but i won one of the secondary prizes which is still like a uh you know $130 pledge or something like that to this game, you know, for free. <clears throat> and it looks like some sort of like fantasy war game, you know, with a big map and a bunch of miniatures and all these little armies. But really what piqued my my interest about this was War Quest, when I won the award, I looked at it and I was like, wow, look at that, 101,000 of 75,000 needed. <laughs> now, a week later... I was sweating bullets the night before it finished because it was down to $84,000 and dropping. And in fact, it hit 81000 before it hit a little burst back up at the very last minutes. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't know what was going on. And it turns out that these guys had kind of, they'd lost the faith of, of these, these investors in this game. And, I, and it was purely because of overextending their promise. So they had promised this game and they had promised and it seemed like it was legitimate and I cannot quite pinpoint why they lost the, the you know the the uh the faith of these people cuz I honestly from what I can tell the only thing they did was try to open all their stretch goals automatically to try to generate more interest in the game. Mm-hmm. Like say, oh you're going to get even more stuff with this game cuz we're just going to give you all the stretch goals which 
I mean, I always, I always kind of wonder about stretch goals in the first place, which is, did they just want to do this already and we're going to? They just wanted to try to generate, you know, more hype around it because that's how it feels to be. It feels like a hype machine. I like it's, know. it's well because you know how it works. <clears throat> There's a certain number that they say we won't even make the game unless it hits this, and usually it's fairly obtainable for whatever the type of game is they make. Mm-hmm. And then right after that, they're like a little bit more, and we'll give you a couple extra cards. A little bit more, and we'll give you an extra hero. You know, and it just keeps stair stepping up into these little like little bits of money. You know, until they make, you know, some of these companies make over a million dollars with these kickstarters, right? Sure. Well, I think you know that that it is kind of stalled out. And WarQuest guys, which is Mr. B Games, I think they made uh, a game called Spurs before, and it was like a sort of a sandbox western game, really cool game. It kind of kind of interests me, but I don't know if I'll ever get it or not. Anyways. <laughs> But I think that in in their in their in their hastiness to sort of like see if if we release all the Kickstarter right now, like all the stretch goals, maybe someone will ever there'll be a fever that starts because people are just like, oh my god, we're getting so much more stuff. But it didn't work like that at all. It didn't. In fact, all, all of a sudden people said, well, wait a second, you didn't raise any more money, and now all of a sudden you can make all this stuff. We don't believe you can actually do that. Hmm. And people started pulling their pledges off. Maybe they just got mad because they felt like, wait a minute, I pledged this and now everybody's getting everything? I wouldn't have pledged that much. Well, no, stretch goals are available to everyone who pledges. Oh. It's not available to only people who had pledged up to that point. It's well, to I everyone. Thought, well, why do you have to pledge a certain amount? Because usually they say, this game's going to cost us, you know, let's just say, $35,000 to make. Uh-huh. We can't even make a printing of this game unless we get 35000 and they're say, then they'll say, hey, if you give us $40,000, we will give you these custom dice to go with it. We'll upgrade the six-sided just little pip dice to, you know, custom engraved dice that have, like, little symbols on them. So how much do you as an individual have to do to get that? All you have to do is pledge the base amount, whatever they say that they want, you know, So they, they'll say, like, it's 20 bucks standard for everybody. Yeah, over on the side it'll say, like... And then if they make this, then you still get everything yeah. that comes with it? It'll say, it'll say $20 and get you a copy of the game and all the stretch goals. Huh. So the higher and higher it gets, the more and more you get for that $20. Huh. And so it's well, supposed to it's supposed to sort of roller coaster as it that. goes, you know. It's supposed to keep gaining momentum as it goes because it's more and more and more stuff. And people are supposed to get more and more excited about it. But when they released it all at once, it just it, it had the opposite effect, and now all of a sudden, no one had faith they could do it. That's weird. Well, I mean, the good I'm news. I'm not a Kickstarter fan, though. I know. I don't <laughs> like it. Here's here's the good news, though. Is I didn't pay for it technically. They they still haven't contacted me for, via email like they were supposed to or on Geek Mail. But <laughs> <laughs> so the, this might all be for naught anyway. This might be nothing, but uh, they they have promised delivery of the game by January. Which, if you've ever done Kickstarter before, you know that that's usually not even close to what's true. Yeah. But I, I heard that they had tried to produce this before, and the Kickstarter had kind of failed, so they took it off before it finished, redid the, the Kickstarter, and relaunched it again. Huh. More prepared, but still not as prepared as everybody wanted. I don't know. I don't know. There was long, lengthy discussions on Board Game Geek as to why this was, you know, kind of going down. It was just interesting that that I had won my first contest and almost lost it at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you still get it, baby. <clears throat> Me I'll, too. I'll play it now, Nicole. This week, we played a game called Agents of Smirch. Yes. And this is a spy game. Right. So what about that? All these games.
All right. Well, this week we played Agents of Smirch, Nicole, and that is a secret agent game. So I threw it out there on our guild and on Twitter. Which one was better, Bond or Born? Right. Now, obviously, there's the Mission Impossible guy, and I, I just don't care. <laughs> is that terrible? Ethan Hunt. That's his name. Oh, the character. Yeah, I just don't See, care. Okay. Do you care? He's okay, yeah. <clears throat> is he your favorite? I don't know. Yeah? I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, I did get some responses. Really? Yeah. Who said what? Well, Matt answered us on Twitter, and he said, Born. Because <laughs> of the mystery, Bond is exactly what you would expect. I don't understand that. I, I I don't think there's more mystery to Bourne than there is to Bond. I disagree. I don't think there's any mystery to any of it. Well, obviously there's like, there's these blank spots in Jason Bourne's history and he sort of realizes these blank spots as he's traveling. Oh. Like he'll run into someone and be like, why yeah. is this guy helping me? I don't know this guy. And then he'll kind of like realize, yeah, this guy was... You know, but it's not like you're in on the mystery. You're kind of discovering it as he discovers it, right? Yeah. So what's the difference? But I, I think the stories, the intrigue, and stuff unfold the same way as a Bond movie. Well, I don't really think there's that much more mystery. No, probably not. I don't either. Because you're finding it out at the same time. Yep. So I, I deny your claim, Matt. <laughs> so I'm guessing you say Bond? I'm going to say Bond. Okay. And, and I just think that Bond, I understand that you have to suspend disbelief. Right. That's almost every movie out there. Well, definitely. Okay. And He's, he's kind of dumb. Oh, Nicole, really? Well, the, the first movie I saw him mm -hmm. in, the first Bond movie I saw. Yes, the best one. No. No? Well... Maybe it wasn't the first one. Maybe I'm getting my movies confused. Yeah. All I remember is the airplane going yes. over the cliff. I don't think that's the first one you've ever seen. It must not be, but it seems like it was. That's Goldeneye. So that doesn't seem right. I don't know, but anyhow, he like jumps off the cliff and catches up to it? I think so. Or it might be Tomorrow Never Dies. No, that's like way later. No, that's like one movie later. Well, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's not like... <laughs> I don't know. It just seems stupid. You didn't. It's like, I know you. I've heard you reference this skydiving into the falling plane. It's as so dumb. stupid. You can't catch it. Well, there's, there sense. there truly is no reason why he should be able to dive fast enough to get there. No. I guess a plane has more wind resistance, but once again, that's a suspension of disbelief. Yeah, but the plane is on. Like the propellers are going. But that doesn't mean it's pulling it forward. It's just on. It's in, it's sort of like idle, just running. The plane's in idle. <laughs> they were going the opposite way. Just stick it in neutral. It'll just hang out. <laughs> they what? Had, they had it in reverse. <laughs> so it's going to suck him closer to the plane. Well, the plane was blowing itself back up the cliff. <laughs> no, it didn't do that. <coughs> I, I don't guess. care. I still okay. think that movie was good. So uh, the plane was a pound of feathers and the I think and that bond that, was the pound of <laughs> I think as long as you can get like sort of a suspended disbelief, you enter sort of this, like, uh, rich sort of comic book almost atmosphere of, of just, you know, I don't know. I just think it's really cool. Yeah. See, I kind of got into it's it a little bit. It's whimsy is what it is. It's well, sort got, of like whimsical. I got into it. I got into it a little bit more with the Austin Powers movies. 
Because <laughs> then I was okay. supposed to that was think that they're ridiculous. And they were ridiculous. They're outrageous. But it was funny. They're still funny. Yeah. I know. But that made made it a little more okay for me. So Well, anyhow. and of course, one thing that, that really identifies James Bond in these, I think, even versus like Ethan Hunt, is the gadgets. Yeah. <clears throat> Because Bond, yeah, well, Bond yeah, has better gadgets than, than even Ethan Hunt. Ethan Hunt has, like, these believable things. But Bond will have, like, something cool, like a wristwatch that has a circular saw in it that he can cut through stuff with. Did he you have know? that? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Too, super cool, right? You watched, like, all the movies, though. That's because I have the giant collection. I have the Blu-ray set. Yeah. I watched a rapid fire. Yeah. I know. So did anybody else actually <laughs> yeah, partake um, in our quiz? Glenn, quiz? Glenn wrote in. <laughs> Okay. And uh, he said that Bond, without question, a timeless classic. I agree with that, of course. Okay. <laughs> he says better gadgets, better cars, he, and who doesn't love an Aston Martin? Better women, uh, memorable en- enemies, <laughs> British accent, no Matt Damon. So evidently he doesn't really like Matt Damon very much. I don't remember any chicks in Bourne, but then again, I don't really like pay attention for them. He, he does give Bourne a little nod at the end, saying some of the action sequences are pretty solid, though he has not read the books, only the movies. Oh, okay. No Matt Damon. <laughs> Poor Matt Damon. Matt Damon's okay. It's alright. He's fine. I'd take him over Affleck any day of the week. I'd take him over that one Bond, the icky Bond. Are you talking about Timothy Dalton? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know his name. I don't know. <laughs> he's not the Sean Connery. Okay, that, he's that's not one of their the names. Uh, Roger Moore. No, he's not Roger Moore. Pierce Brosnan. He was okay. I like Daniel him. Daniel Craig. He was he, like a newer one, right? Yeah. I don't know. You, Whatever. You're talking about Timothy Dalton. I think so. Probably so. I didn't like Responsible him. for the highest body counts in any Bond is but Timothy Dalton. Didn't he still have good uh, Duran Duran songs, though? I think like, that's The Living that Daylights was one of his. See. Or no, View to a Kill. View to a Kill. Yeah, oh. okay. That's got like the best theme song, I think. Probably. It's better than what they're putting out now. Well, now it doesn't make... Adele, come on. She can't hang with Duran Duran. Adele is doing... Did the Bond movie? I don't know. I don't know who these people are. Is it Rihanna, maybe? I don't know. I don't either. I don't listen to music anymore. I just... <laughs> I, I don't have time <clears throat> but, to uh, do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jeff also wrote in, and he said he liked the, he likes Bond. Okay. He likes the Doctor Whoian. Aspect. Whovian. <coughs> Whovian? He says Whovian. Is it Whovian? Who? I would say Whovian. But he says Whovian. That's fine. I don't care. Made up word either way. <laughs> <laughs> Aspects of the series, that is, aside from the Britishness, the changeable nature of the protagonist, and the longevity of the series. Okay, so, sorry, the Britishness thing put, gives me a question. Yeah. So then what about Sean Connery? I think everybody likes him the best. Even though he's Scottish? Although he's not my favorite. My he's favorite. not British. Well, I mean, it's close. There's like a totally different <laughs> accent going on. Or did he put on a British accent when he did the movie? I, I don't think so. I think it was the same old thing. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody likes him. so too. snooty. No, it's just funny. <laughs> I just think it's funny. Because everybody's right. like so strongly opinionated it. And then they're just kind of like... it's. <laughs> It's just funny to me. I'm, well, not, I'm not dissing anybody. I think it's all cool. He goes on to specify that he likes oh, sorry. the series and character has have had many different phases of cartoonishness, and then it got serious, dark and gritty. Yeah, uh, but could always be. It's always seemed to be entertaining, regardless. Uh, he says there's so many small aspects to choose from if you prefer, or you can take them all. 
I mean, yeah. I, I take them all. So Except who, for uh, uh, that Her Majesty's Secret Service one where he gets married or whatever. That one was, like, depressing. <laughs> it was so bad. What Bond movie ends with James Bond crying on the side of the road? I mean, come on. Oh, spoiler. Oh, Anybody yeah. who hasn't who hasn't seen a movie that came out in 1974 or something. Too soon? <laughs> Is that too soon? <laughs> I don't care. So who's your favorite Bond villain? <clears throat> villain? Villain. Bad guy. I'm gonna have to say Nemesis. I'm gonna have to say uh, it was Christopher Lee in The Man with Golden Gun, and I think he played. Did he play Scaramang? He was in that? Yeah. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was pretty good. I like. Well, he's good. I, that one was fun. He had a gyrocopter. Bond flew a gyrocopter into that over a fake volcano. Oh, weird. <laughs> that was super cool. <laughs> but um, so, what what was your opinion? I say Bond. I, I mean, overall, I, I would probably have to say Bond just because it's so legendary anyway. And, yeah. like, if I was going to have to watch, like, nothing but this trilogy versus this. Well, I guess there's, are there three Bo- Bourne movies or four? I don't care. And there's, like, 20 <laughs> Bonds, so I guess I'll take Bond. There's a little something for everybody. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I take Bond. What's your the favorite Bond movie, though? Chicks for the guys. <laughs> of course, why care. not? I don't care. He's in a tux half the time. That's nice. I can live with that. <clears throat> Fine. What, what, what's your favorite movie? Do you have a favorite Favorite one that, Bond movie? Yeah. Or you're just like, yeah. Oh, I, just, I don't I, know. I don't remember anything. I like the GoldenEye game. That was fun. Really? Yeah. That was a fun game. It was a really good game. I like Casino Royale, the Daniel Craig one the best. Is it Royal or Royale? Like you can say whatever you want. You can say Royale with cheese for all I care. <laughs> Royale with cheese. <laughs> but the, uh, I, I think that's my favorite one. I don't know why. It, it just, I watched all, like, the entire set all in a row. And I'm not just going to say he doesn't follow it up well. Hmm. That Skyfall is, is a terrible movie. That That's that's a, I, I don't care what everybody says. Everybody says, oh, that's, that's Bond as we wanted to see it. Really? You wanted James Bond as Jason Bourne. That's what you wanted, then. Right. That's what you're telling me when you say that. Well, maybe they wanted another Matt Damon movie. Ugh. Matt Damon's had enough. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, <clears throat> one other thing we can mention, uh, now that we're kind of wrapping up the Bond and Bourne discussion, uh, we did actually, if you actually are really interested in spy stuff, you should try going to the International Spy Museum in D.C. And uh, we went Have there. you looked recently? Is it still open? <laughs> What if they closed it down because they what were giving if, away too many you, secrets? What if you think they closed it down, but it actually is still open? They're just not telling you. It's a secret. Ooh, no, I doubt that because it's a museum, so That's they cool. want people to come. But they had actual real spy stuff. And, I mean, it's amazing how how close the line gets between, you know, Ian Fleming and reality, you know. Well, he probably went to the museum and then wrote the... He probably know. had the actual spy stuff, Nicole. Was he a spy? Yes. Really? Yes. And then he wrote all these books. Of course. And nobody took him out. That's what he did. For giving up the secrets. Nobody could. He was he was that good. Huh. Is that his real name? Is Ian that a Fleming? pen name? You don't know, and you will never know. I, I don't know. His real name was 006. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. It wasn't. <clears throat> but yeah, go to that. And, and I, the only tip I have is, uh, first thing, well, I have two things. Don't take pictures inside. You're getting in trouble. We did. Yeah, I didn't see the sign. <laughs> the second thing is, is if you park, they have a nice parking lot right on the back side of the building. When you park there, just know that when, when you time check your ticket to your clock in the car and they, they match up, that the clock in the booth when you go to leave is 15 minutes ahead of that. Right. So you, you will be late if you go out there at 15 minutes till the hour. Yeah, they kind of and they, us off. they do not care, and the it, it's like one of those rates that skyrockets past like two hours. Yeah, we were kind of silly though. 
Did you even say where this place is? It's in D.C., just so you know. I did say that. Okay. In D.C. Yeah. We were silly for even going in the first place and driving into town and expecting to be able to park anywhere anyway. <coughs> but we didn't do our yeah. research. We'd never yeah. been there. We were kind if of going through. you've never been to D.C., you have to trolley in or Where something Where we were like going? Train we, in. Is that when we were going to Cedar Point? We were going, we were on our way to Cedar Point, yeah. By way of... DC. DC. <laughs> I think we took a detour. But it was fun. Yeah. We never saw the Potomac, though, did we? I don't know. I don't remember seeing the river. I remember almost driving into the Pentagon entrance and getting really scared because they had a bunch of signs saying, don't do it, don't go here, turn around, leave this. It was bad. Yeah. And you just kept going. <laughs> I do what I want. And finally, at the last minute, you turned. I'm like, oh, thank God, we're not going to jail today. It was scary. But, yeah, we got lost in D.C., and then we parked in the in the ripoff spot where they charged us 20 bucks instead of 5 Yeah. It was fun, though. <laughs> what a good day. Yeah, I know. My picture of the White House is like some little tiny postage stamp size picture because it's, it's so cool. far away. It was fun, right? And I don't even think that's on that old camera. I don't even know where that camera went. And I never. I threw it away. I never. Uh, no, I never did. I never put it on the computer or anything. I'm sure it has bug prints from the window that you're taking the picture through. <laughs> Probably. Well, I didn't want to open the windows. <laughs> well, that's uh, that brings us to the end of the What About That segment. And we let's go through our playthrough now. You ready? Yes. Yeah, you're ready. <laughs> the following is a true recount of a board gaming session. It is not merely a conversation. It contains the actual sounds of components, success and failure, and in-the-moment emotions from the incident itself. The archivists of this audio would like to remind the faint of heart that the people involved are not rules experts, did not design the game, and do not always play nice. No one was murdered in the playing of this game. Alright, Agents of Smirsh is a cooperative game for one to four players. Players must defeat between three to five henchmen, depending on the number of players, at places on the map with location tokens, and have matched the intel in the intel pool to the symbols at Dr. Lobo's last location in order to compl- in order to compl- claim victory. Ah. <laughs> it was... <laughs> um, gameplay does consist of basically three phases. Movement, encounter, Encounters and the villain phase. It's like a porky pig thing going on, I don't know. Uh, during the movement phase, a player can travel by airplane if they're in a city with an open airport to any other city with an open airport. They may travel by train in the Soviet Union from any point along the Trans-Siberian to any other point along the Trans-Siberian, plus one additional movement space. They may take the default of two movement spaces, although if you move on to an ocean space, your movement stops immediately. Or, if your player has two or more injuries, he may forego both his movement and encounter phases to heal two wounds and then go straight to the villain phase. But there is a catch. He must draw not one, but two villain cards and resolve their end-of-turn effect. More on this later. No, Fred, I didn't just call you a moron. That's what you say. After movement, if you are in a space with a location token, you will encounter a henchman. Flip the token to see who will you fight. Look at the henchman's card to determine which character attribute will be tested and what will happen if you pass or fail that test. In addition, if... 
successful, advance the henchmen to their next level. You must pass three levels to defeat a henchman. They're kind of tough. After movement, if you're in a space with intel, you may choose to keep the intel chip and add it to the intel pool, but no peeking, it is secret intel. Or you may choose to discard it to bring out a location token and with it a new henchman to fight. Its location will be random and intel doesn't grow on trees, so you need to talk it out before you decide what to do. After all, this isn't a co-op game for nothing. Once an intel token is resolved, or if you've moved to a location without any tokens at all on it, you will draw an encounter card from the appropriate deck. Africa, Asia, depending on where in the world that you are. Or you may choose to use the Book of Encounters for added variety. If you pass the encounter test, you will get a reward. If you fail, you must suffer the consequences and you must pick a villain card to, ad to advance Dr. Lobo on his track. If he ever reaches the number nine, all players lose immediately. Win or lose, after completing an encounter, you move on to the villain phase. The villain phase is easy and stressful all at once. Draw a villain card, add or remove intel as instructed, close the airport it says to close. You can no longer fly to or from that city, making it increasingly difficult to get around. So earlier I talked about passing tests. What does this mean? Is there math involved? Should I have studied? Where can I buy the Cliff's Notes? Does anybody even remember Cliff's Notes? I know what those are. Yeah, I do. Yeah, oh. they were kind of like Wikipedia, but they were just like for books that you were supposed to have read, but you didn't. <laughs> so anyway, um, before the game started, each player drew a character card with five basic skills on it, which of course can be improved as the game progresses. Um, also, they got two advanced skill tokens. Encounters will test your basic skills by rolling your dice worth for that skill. So, for example, if you are to test your hand-to-hand, -hand, and your hand-to-hand -hand is three, you will pull three dice from the bag. Plus, there's one yellow die that is always rolled. I've gone over the music. Oh, my God. I'm not done. <laughs> now, if you roll... Start the music. Oh. Okay. If you roll a gun symbol, <laughs> then you pass the test. Guns equal passing. Now, um, the yellow die has one gun symbol... The dice in the bag that you draw from have varying numbers of gun symbols. So uh, encounters may also test your advanced skills. In this case, you either have a skill or you don't. If you do, you don't have to test your basic skill because you pass automatically. Uh, what else have I forgotten? Uh, each character has resolve that can be spent to re-roll a single die, add plus one to any test roll, move one additional space on the board, provided it's not after moving into an ocean space or after flying, or to exchange any number of cards when gambling. Wait, gambling? Apparently, some of the encounters include gambling mechanics for the tests, but we didn't come across that a single time. So I'm not going to go into detail about it. Um, for our game, we also added the expansion, Swagman's Hope. So I'm going to let Fred talk about that. And now you can stop the music. Oh my god, that I is can't unbelievable. How long it, well, you know, there's a there's a <laughs> There's a lot to this game. I'm telling you that if it was fall, we wouldn't have leaves on the tree right now with all the wind. <laughs> oh my gosh! Every every podcast, you have to be mean at least I'm once, sorry. don't you? It just it builds. I'm sorry. I'm gonna let you do this thing by yourself. And oh no, please, man, don't, don't, don't make my dreams come true. I'm just shut up. I got no. mean again. See what happens? I'm not giving you any apple pie tonight. Look, you're feeding me the mean. <laughs> <laughs> so right. uh, we played this game and this game is uh <clears throat> this is a lot of fun this is a, a story kind of game 
And it, it's real story-based because it's got this giant book. Now, you're going to read. So if you don't read, stop listening to this podcast right now. I'm just playing. You <laughs> can still awful. listen. You can still listen. You're pro- you might be listening to this podcast because you cannot read. There is. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Honestly, though, there is a lot of actually out loud yes. reading involved in And this book this goes game. around the table. So if you're nervous about that, this might not be the game for you. You well, are you reading could always out have loud somebody else read enjoyment. the not encounters. my and... game, you don't. Well, you're mean. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so in, in you get to tell these neat stories. But let's start with a story that has nothing to do with the game and also gets our poop joke out of the way. Go ahead. Tell your story. About What's this tongs thing? Okay, so Billy's cousin, um, she's a radiologist. Yeah. And she posted on Facebook the other day that she went to a high school to give like a career day talk, you know, to a bunch of eighth graders. Said it was pretty yep. entertaining. Like one of them asked um, if she, what her superpowers are from the radiation, mm-hmm. you know, etc. So it was fun. Yeah. Well, of course, the conversation keeps going in there. Like, did you talk about any of the sordid details that you see sometimes when you mm-hmm. have to x-ray people's lower extremities? Yeah. Well... She told the story about how there was a kindergarten teacher who was constipated, and so she decided to use salad tongs to try to work the problem out, really? and ended up with a perforated bowel. I don't doubt that. That's insane. I, just, I asked Nicole, I said, is it just me, or do I normally attack from the north and not the south when I have a constipation problem? Like, take a couple pills, drink some milk, and Yes. <laughs> and then one guy says, uh... Salad tongs, huh? I usually use chopsticks, and I just have this mental image of chopsticks. Like, got it? Like, me too. Who in the right mind? Well like, done, Daniel. Son. Yes. <laughs> and then you have to come into the emergency room, and what do you say? Like, I tripped and fell on some salad tongs. Like, how do you? No, you say I'm constipated. I screwed up. And then just like, really, what are we dealing with? Salad tongs. <laughs> Metal ones. Like, they and they're like, good. You, I'm glad you told me that. There would have been an arc of electricity if we tried to take an x ray with this machine. <laughs> All right. Oh, my goodness. So, anyway, that was one of the first things I read this morning before I even had my no, that's the, I, tea. I, I, I honestly like, think really? if something gets stuck up inside of you, you need absolute honesty when you visit the doctor. I believe so. Secret, time for secrecy is over. Yes. Okay. Yes, Sugar coat it for grandma, not doctor. For grandma. So, what did you do this weekend, honey? Well, grandma. <laughs> Let me tell you a little story. Well, oh we're not goodness. having salad. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> okay, so obviously that had nothing to do with the game, but what a great story. I just kind of <clears throat> thought we should put that out there as a public interest and, and just to let people know, sometimes embarrassing things happen, but you need to take care of yourself. That's right. And do it appropriately. And if you get something stuck, go to the doctor. It's, it's... Well, don't, don't do things like that. Sometimes oh. you just need to suck it up and take a pill and, or go to the doctor in the beginning and don't get yourself in this situation. But I thought that this would be an appropriate story because it was shared with eighth graders. <laughs> so, and it made me laugh now, so much. Now, you mentioned in the uh, little description of rules that we played using Swagman's Hope expansion. Yes. <clears throat> now, this is where I go over some of what the difference is. Supposedly, Sydney starts closed, and supposedly you can open it back up. No idea how. It's going to be something in the Australian counters, etc. Okay, so uh, the purple tokens, these dead drops, are some sort of upgrade you can get automatically just for landing in that spot. You just get it automatically. 
Um, the red UN transport that's in the middle there is on Swagman's Hope, as well as the gun. You have to, I think, you get the UN transport automatically for being in there. That red transport is the only one that can actually transport you into Australia. UN transports can transport you out of Australia, but not into. So your blue one can only take you out of there, but the red one is the only one that can take you in, and that's the only one we get for the whole time. Swagman's Hope also has uh, all the red Intel chips. There's a mechanic or mechanism that will bring them into the middle of the board when they go into Swagman's Hope. You flip them over, and you can see on the gun symbol, the one that's right there that says two, Mm -hmm. that's how many spaces Dr. Lobo's track moves up if one of those moves into there. Mm And it's, I'll have to refresh my memory, but it's, it's, uh, it's based off of Intel, like coming up on a space that already has Intel or something like that. We'll move it into the middle. So collecting all the red Intel in Australia and getting them over here into our pool early would be great. Okay. Uh, Australia also has its own little henchman guy of Dr. Lobo. He has the Aussie Butcher. The Aussie Butcher only has two levels, but his second level is random on what you test versus him. Hmm. And he'll just come up, and he he only he doesn't come up secret ever. You can see his little chips there. He comes up face up and doesn't hide at all like the other guys does. He's not stealthy. He's just a murderer. Okay, okay. got it. <laughs> um, we're still trying to collect. We're still trying to collect intelligence. Uh, we're still trying to get to our three player goal of five uh, intelligence before we defeat Doctor Lobo and find out his uh, end game or his his location. However. Remember how we had Intel overload at five before? It's now six, and it's six for no matter how many players are in the game, which is weird. They kind of took that mechanic out when they put in Swagman's Hope. We'll go over other things like how to find numbers. Like, for instance, you use the ocean numbers to find the one of the numbers in Australia every time. And and there's two different stats on the Australian counters. The top one is if you're not in Swagman's Hope and the other one's in Swagman's Hope. You can only ever go to Swagman's Hope if there is a red Intel in Swagman's Hope. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so that, Got it. that's actually a lot of rules. It is a lot of rules. And all this really does is just add like a little additional board that has like five Australia. spaces on it that represents Australia. Yeah. And it adds quite a bit of difference. Yeah. <clears throat> now, Australia, of course, like I said, is not in the original game. And this does kind of like, it does change main game rules. Do you think Australia felt bad that they weren't in their original game? Do you think the game sold well in Australia? I'm going to guess no. Oh. Okay. No, I don't think that has anything to do with it. I bet it sells great because it's still a really, really cool game. I mean, honestly. But the, uh,. So so I added this this, uh, expansion in in this game, and it's, I'd say. I don't know. It was. It, it seemed to add quite a bit to it, to be honest. I didn't feel like we got to use it enough. Yeah, really. I don't know. <clears throat> so, I have no idea what this means right here. I don't know. You did the notes. Oh, you know. Uh, you know. Obviously. <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, you know how like uh, I learn all the games, right? For the most part. Yes. Now that. I've found out that, you know, other than just learning the game, there's actually more than one use to learning games. If I can't sleep at night, Fred will read to me to put me to sleep. So when he starts reading instructions, I just That's why you yawned literally start, nine times. Yeah, <laughs> I will just naturally start falling asleep. I'll knock that girl out. God, I love my husband. <laughs> it's like Rohypno. 
So it is like Rohypnol. The, uh, <laughs> it just puts me out. I don't mean to fall asleep when you read instructions. Have you heard whenever the Swagman's Hope? When you're reading all of that. Yeah? You got Angela's sleepy like, just now? No, Angela's like, are you still awake? And I was like, I didn't get my nap. I know. <laughs> it was putting me to sleep. It does. It does. It puts her to sleep. I can read almost anything as long as it's not something like, hey, if we go antique shopping tomorrow, there's this great antique mall. That's going to keep you up all night. Well, and then you're making plans. That's a whole different thing. I know. But if I and, if, and you don't go antique shopping with me, so it's like an event. <laughs> it's <know>. like <gasps> something to be excited for. Now, one of the cool things about this being a story-based game is that it's another it's another thematic-based game. So its mechanics are kind of taken second fiddle to the the feeling that you're going to get or the story that's going to come out of the game. And of course, this, like a lot of the other games, is cool because you actually get to create your own characters. Right. Because I need three skills, and you need two skills. And I need four. I need four? Your four guy is tougher skills. than me in all regards, by the way. How do you know I get two skills? Because I think that's how it starts, isn't it? you start with two skills. Oh. <laughs> I get one whole extra skill. Your guy lost how many resolve? One or two resolve. Okay, so for two resolve, you get, get one, one more skill, skill than me, and it looks like you get... And I get one more potential two, for a bonus. Four, five. Whoopie dip. Yeah, actually, your points are the same. I have, like, one straight across. I'm a jack of all trades. Oh. Code name. Jack. Ceramus. <laughs> you thought that was going to sound tough, Ridiculous. didn't you? But I am, I am Dexter Kane. <clears throat> First name, Poin. <laughs> that was good. You know, it probably wasn't that great. But at least Nicole laughed. That's I what always matters. La- well, you're funny. You make me laugh. <clears throat> See? Now, uh... You can hear that I'm picking, you, you, we're going to get to pick skills, and, uh, you know, I'm comparing these stats and stuff, and you have these stats that, you know, that Nicole said directly reference how many dice you're using, and usually you, you have, like, this, you know, one stat that kind of stands out, and I didn't, I don't like being the balance guy, mm. where you're getting, like, one well, whole extra die. Actually, I think we randomly no, we shuffle. shuffle. We shuffle every end. time. But uh, <clears throat> let's let's listen to some more of this skill thing. Was it speed that I had? I don't know. That never once came into play. I learned my lesson that two skills for the whole game doesn't mean squat. Yeah. But I remember seduction and stealth came up quite a bit. Yeah. So that's why I picked those. Really? Maybe it wasn't stealth. Was it... um, Detection? Something similar. I wanted to say detection, detection. but that's not... Now I'm just trying to decide if I want to keep lockpicking... Or if I want to go for adventuring. Since I'm going to the Outback, I think I'm going to go adventuring. I, mean, I think, like, I'm going to do, like, deception, right. weapon use. Mm. See, isn't that cool? I'm going to make, I'm going to make Poindexter actually badass indirectly. Okay, here we go. I don't want adventuring. That never comes up right. for some reason. Lockpicking does come up. Disguise. Well, adventuring. Well, good job. But you're I think gonna... Australia, you know, maybe, maybe. I'm sure it'll be for you. It'll be a great thing. Okay, probably not. But no. <laughs> Weapon use. That's one of the ones I want. Should, I, should Point Dexter be seductive? Of course. <laughs> I built my own computer. That's so hot. <laughs> Computers but are hot now. This is this is a skills are a vital part of this game. Yeah, absolutely vital because. You are picking up these dice. They give you a die that only gives you like a 15% chance, which means like one side of a six-face die is a success. 
every other side is either a, a miss or something negative that happens to you, like an injury or something like that. Well, there's also the heal, <clears throat> but you still miss so you, even if you yeah. heal. Yeah, so you're not going to succeed unless you're pulling extra dice on whatever skill it is or unless you're you Your know, skilled already. Skill. Your, so well, if, the advanced skill has to yeah. be there. So yeah. if you have the advanced skill token and it comes up deception and you have the deception skill token, you don't roll any dice. You don't have to spend any, you know, any uh, perseverance or whatever they are. Yeah. You just resolve. succeed. Resolve. Yeah. You just automatically win. Yeah. So having the right skills at the right time. That's why I said at the top it's of that clip deal. that two skills doesn't mean squat. It's true. You've got to try to diversify your skills as much as possible, and it, and it will snowball as you go because you'll just keep, like, succeeding, succeeding, and it keeps giving you the right options if you keep adding skills. It's hard so, to get them, though. Like, it's really hard to get those advanced skills. I know, but when you get the opportunity for it, if it says get one resolve back or an advanced skill, take the skill. Yeah. It's going to pay huge dividends by the end of the game. Right. Now... <clears throat> Once again, I mean, this Angela is one of your one of your friends from work. Yeah, and and this is one of those those girls will be girls kind of moments. I, oh, I mean Carter. I mean, writer. He's a cool writer. Grease too. Hello, love it. He said hello. Oh my god! What Maxwell Caulfield's hot? Is he? Do you know how much I wanted to do the little dance too that goes with it? He's <laughs> Oh, Michelle Pfeiffer, what are we gonna do with you? My goodness, Greece too. Movie. Is, you like it more than Greece. I saw it before I saw Greece. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's. I just remember the song "Let's Do It for Our Country." Oh, so funny. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good song. Yeah. That in reproduction. That was a good one too. Yeah. These are, I, it these, was a good movie. And it has, well, Eddie Deason's in the first one, too, though, which I yeah. didn't really realize until I, because I saw this one first. The best nerd that Hollywood ever produced. Yeah, oh, Eddie absolutely. Deason. He's in, he's in uh, War Games, the original War, War Games. He's in War Games, yeah. You know? He's in a lot of, he was in, uh, I don't know, he's in a lot of stuff. Midnight Madness. I love that movie, too. Yeah. I wonder now, if he's uh, doing anything now. We should look him up. Oh, he was in A Polish Vampire in Burbank. <laughs> <laughs> Which no one's ever. Don't seen. even bother looking for that. It's pretty hard to find, but it's pretty awesome <laughs> oh, it's in awesome a horrible movie way. Now let's find out about the first player. Uh, who is the first player? Angela, Angela. first player. Angela. So you get to move two the spaces. Once again, if you move on to ocean space, you have to stop. In the outback, there are a couple spaces that say two spaces. You can see. So good luck moving around. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Go, Snowcat! <laughs> Snowcats are a go! Wait, I'll give you the Snowcat. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you're choking for a second. No. I think we made her go first last time, too, and it was kind of like. Travis has been calling himself the Panther at work. That's his ping pong champion name. <laughs> I don't know why, but our bo- my boss, uh, <clears throat> one of our studio rooms emptied, so he decided to bring his pool table up. Which then the guys put a ping pong top on top of and have been playing ping pong on it. It's and always nice when the boss encourages you to goof off. I, I, <laughs> I don't really do it because what happened is two people you, emerged that were so much better than everyone else that they just play ping pong versus each other. And, and if they play in the morning, Nick wins. And if they play in the evening, Travis wins. But I did make a, a giant wrestling belt out of duct tape and cardboard. <laughs> it looks amazing. <laughs> 
<laughs> if you get a chance to make your own wrestling belt, just do it and wear it because it's so much fun. <laughs> it, it probably took me 20 minutes. <laughs> but, you know, so she's, uh, we're getting her to make, uh, you know, decisions about where to go. Right. And, and I mean, you have options, obviously. And uh, <clears throat> so let's find out how that turns out. What was your question, Angela? Go Can I go to Moscow? <laughs> Can you? That would be two yeah. spaces. Yes. I think so. You're here right now. You're though. in the middle of the Alps. And you can only move to here or oh, here. Oh, yeah. You want Rome so you or can't... Paris to begin? Okay, Paris, I guess. Really? And then <laughs> you can go to... You can go to any of these spaces. You can go back to Rome if you want for your second move. Why would I do that? Oh, you wouldn't. Rome if you want to. Ugh. That's horrible. Yeah, Rome. Like, no. No. That's going ah. back. Why are you messing with me? London. Don't. Let's just go to London. All right. Jeremy London. London baby, yeah. Thinking of Jaws. That's that's her friend's quote, isn't it? Yep. If Matt was here. London baby. Ugh, I hate friends. Oh my oh, god. I know you're gonna make me leave this house. No, I won't. And it's funny though. Shut up. <laughs> I hate friends and I hate Seinfeld. So that, that's that that's off thing. the charts ridiculous. I don't even understand how people anyway, go you on. You hate Larry David. These pretzels are making me thirsty. It's funny. You hate Larry Hilarious. David, don't you? Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't know him. He does curb your enthusiasm and wrote all the Seinfeld episodes. You know, I don't believe I've ever seen an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. So it's pretty funny. Did I just get knocked down a few pegs in yeah, the coolness well, book? You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. We but. <laughs> we are at the cool table playing a board game on a Friday night. <laughs> turn up, turn down for what? <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I think the cool kids are at the game table on Friday night. I think so. <laughs> but I can't believe she hates Seinfeld. I know. You know who else hates Seinfeld? Who? My Travis? parents. Oh, yeah, your parents do. They said those those are the most despicable people they've ever seen in their life and they're didn't know why anyone would think anything they do is so shallow I and I think they're ridiculous. just misunderstood. I don't know. Most I, of the I think time. they represent the inner monologue or the inner feelings of every person who really exists. They just, you know. That you just don't say it out yeah, loud. They just share it openly <laughs> with everyone, which makes you hate them. Yeah. But uh, so she's decided to go to uh, London, right? Baby. Yeah. Let's find out what happens now. Yeah, you're the great right. escape. Number 26 is the first number. Jay, you have to pick the number, and then we pick a fake card. It's with it without so are you doing into the. I'm gonna do one J one. What is one J into the lion's den? Okay, okay. so J one three so is what she's doing. One three. Yep, twenty six one three into okay. the lion's den. Let's do it. God, I love it. I'm so happy right now. Really? Move to Rome. <laughs> <laughs> I think my ride's here. I have to go. Oh. <laughs> hey. You mutter as you climb out of a culvert. You were sent to help an accountant escape from the clutches of a mobster named Ciro Mor- Moretti. Ah, Moretti. You got inside his palace easily, then escaped using the sewers. On arrival outside the palace, however, you are met by a small army. Apparently, mm. Mr. Moretti owns the police in this district. He emerges from the palace, clap, clapping his hands. Bravo, agent. Now, Bravo. officer, would you be so good as to bring the spy back inside? Bring the spy back inside. 
<laughs> Test deception minus one. Pass with electronics or speed. <laughs> Did I not just say that I didn't get speed? <laughs> You're in a deep of trouble now. I tell you what. Uh, okay. What deep was trouble. Uh, test deception minus one. Have you heard? I was so well, yoni. zero deception. <laughs> okay, so you get the one die, which... <clears throat> is the stinky die. Which one is it? It's the gray one with the yellow, right? Yep. And it's most Hey, you have a 15% chance of success. Or you can spend resolve to get more dice. I do have a lot of resolve. Dude. The first... I know, it's horrible. This is not even intel. There's nothing on the I line except for... Do- well, Dr. Lobo's card. Oh! Oh, you fail. Burr, burr, burr. Okay. <laughs> fail. You attempt to jump back in the sewer, but are shot in the back and left for dead. Two injuries. Oh, what? Nicole's the banker. Why? Look at that. She likes to hand out all the bad news. Here's some bad news. That's for you. This just in. Bad news. <laughs> I felt so bad, but at the same time, it was so glorious that she gets sent back to Rome yeah, after, I mean, and that's, that's, after you trying to trick her into going to Rome anyway. Well, that's a perfect example of, of how this game kind of works is that you land on a location and you generate numbers based on a reaction chart, based on a card, a random card well, draw, and... That's only if you're going to actually use the Book of Encounters. Yeah. You can just forego all of that and just... Use the decks, but to this point, Which we've never done. We've played it like seven times, and that we have not yet, ever, you know, a I think single we've time had played it. One card. repeater. <clears throat> well, and no, but we've we uh, we've never actually used the card deck. That no, no, we it. haven't used the decks. No, no, yeah, no. No, I mean, I, I forgot to say up front, and we've already started reading the first one. We're going to spoil probably ten, if that, of these missions, and there's there's like, like sixteen hundred of them. Yeah. It, there's an enormous amount of these. and I mean, we're not going to really spoil the game based on that. Because I don't even think we spoil that many. I think it's like four. <laughs> and already you've heard the effect of not having the right skill. Yeah. She almost chose speed, decided not to because, you know, in a prior game she hadn't seen speed come up. And, she, you know, she had taken it that time and didn't want to waste her time with it. And right off the bat it wouldn't have been a waste of time. Right. But I bet if she got a chance to put an upgrade in, she'd probably get speed this time. <laughs> Let's listen to how my turn turns out. Okay. All right, so I'm, I'm encountering Africa. Doppelgangers. 33. Group response B. Doppelgangers? What am I good at? Luck, detection, and weapon use? I'm going to rely on my instinct. Three. So it's going to be 33... Three and no intel, which is four. Thirty-three, three, four. Thirty-three, three, four. All right. Oh. Following, <laughs> following a lead, you disguise yourself in a paramilitary uniform and infiltrate a small African base. I'm not good at disguise. A smirch official of great importance is expected. Oh. You are instructed to stand guard inside a small room when a man walks in escorted by three soldiers. Mm-hmm. You can't believe you look. That's what it says. You can't believe you look. I look? You look. You oh, look. Good, because I have luck. Typo. It's Dr. Lobo. 
What? He's the Smurf super guy? You heard me. Even if it's the last thing you do, you must take him out. I must take him out. Your hand slowly moves to the gun as another Dr. Lobo walks in, followed by another. Oh my god, it's two Lobos. Three Lobos. (laughs) One of them looks at you and says, we're not staying here. Back to the helicopter. You grab eh, Dr. Lobo and put a gun to his head. Test deception minus two. Or you pass with det- detection or speed. I have detection! Yes! Boom! Boom <laughs> Okay. Uh, are you sure you got the right one? Ask your Dr. Lobo. Outside you hear loud voices as a dozen men make their way to your location. You kick open the door and run, confident that none of the men were the real Dr. Lobo. Up any skill, one intel. Nice. Oh, I get an intel? Mm-hmm. Thank you. And up any skill? Any mm-hmm. Oh, I think I'm going to go up in deception. Yes. Are you sure? I feel as though you are not sure. <laughs> I was like, right when I said deception, what I thought was, wow, look at all those henchmen up there. I wonder what they're Highest challenge is hand-to-hand, spycraft, athletics. There's a deception. Pierre, he will be my nemesis. (laughs) 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 I need a villain card to finish my turn, Nicole, or you can just do it. I'll do it. End of turn. See, I mean, those are great stories that come out, though. It's so much fun. And I got to say, it's it's a lot of fun just listening to it back. Yeah. It just makes it makes me feel like if I was just even if I sidelined this game, I would probably have a pretty good time listening to it. Kind of, you know. It's it's an interesting <clears throat> one to listen to. Let's see if there's some more good stories that come up here. With your tight abdomen, high cheekbones, and athletic prowess, you seduced your way into the government offices, and now you must end the affair without making it obvious that you were simply using them. I've got you a surprise, you tell your lover that morning, but you can't have it until tonight. All through the day, you keep passing hints about the big surprise. I can't stand it anymore. Stop torturing me and give me my surprise. Test persuasion. That's it? There's no pass it with... Test persuasion. Ooh. Come on, bow and arrow guy. Persuasion, I have zero. You have a 15% chance of success. This sucks. It's actually slightly higher. 16% chance. (laughs) Fail. You reveal a really cheap, ugly engagement ring. I don't have much money, you say. I think we can get by. Love will keep us together. You receive a big hug, which is not what you wanted. This is going to be trickier than you thought. And to be honest, you're developing feelings of your own. Love interest. I think that might be a status card. Love interest. Oh, oh is it on caps? It says love interest. Oh, no. Oh, Nicole. <laughs> you don't want You've to let interest? a lady get in the way. <laughs> <laughs> of your mission. <laughs> I can't believe it. We thought you were a professional. <laughs> Where is this? Has to be in here. Love and cookie galore. Here it is. Love interest. There you are, my lady. All right. You have a love interest. 
What happens now? Bad things, I'm sure. It's not good. Having a lady around dragging it down. <laughs> down. I like it when you tickle your own self. <laughs> <laughs> I make myself laugh a lot. It's my fault. Sucky. It's a secret mission, but it's sucky. I'm sorry to hear that. Fred does crack himself up <laughs> very often. <laughs> but this this reminds me of there's another storytelling game called Tales of Arabian Nights uh-huh. and in that one you would you would get married and it was like kind of good and kind of crappy at the same time, you know? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and this this is just funny. This is in that same kind of vein of all of a sudden you have this new character trait about yourself that you have to to do. And I don't remember what you said love interest had. I mean, you had a secret mission. It was a mission it was a mission thing where I had to like <clears throat> you just I had, had to, to go somewhere, yeah. yeah. So it wasn't too bad, but it's still pretty funny, you know. Yeah. You got this lingering effect from this mission and right. the unfortunate, you know, role that you had. Now, you could have added dice to that roll by using Resolve, couldn't you? Well, yeah. <laughs> I can escape, confront, be reckless, wait, challenge, be careful, or be spontaneous. I would like to confront. Really? Okay. I want Which to. is what That's number? That's two. Oh, I guess I should tell you. So two. one, two, three. <laughs> my combination to my luggage. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Okay, one, two, three. A woman follows you. (laughs) Only an idiot would have that as a combination for his luggage. A woman follows you. Her disguise, although original, doesn't fool you. She pretends to be blind and walks with a guide dog. You could lose the tail, but you decide to gamble and confront her. You stroll up behind her and whisper in her ear, Do you often act blind? Test hand-to-hand minus one. Or athletics plus one with two successes. Or pass with weapons use or disguise. Well, there's a lot of ways to pass that. I have two in athletics. So tell me again with athletics. You get a plus one, but you have to have two successes. So you get three dice, but you have to have you have to roll two successes. It's pretty hardcore. Unless you draw that black die. Let 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 me yeah let me really dice. Yeah, let's do this. She is She's ready. going for black dynamite. I want I want that black dynamite, folks. <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> oh, that God. is blue what? dynamite. Blue I, dynamite wait, is wait. not that good. No. Black dynamite. Can I choose to use a resolve after I pull this third die if I want? Yes, yeah. for an extra die you can. <gasps> oh, that's green dynamite. I'm doing it. I'm using oh. one resolve. Oh, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. We're just playing with you. You get the intel no matter. <laughs> you get the intel no matter what. Oh, why didn't he? Oh, just for doing an intel encounter. You so don't have to I, spend can the I resolve. Take back my... You don't have to spend the resolve you if you don't want to. Can I take back my choice to spend the resolve? Yes. Yes. Yeah, you haven't, you haven't done the, it yet. The die is I not do. out of the bag. I didn't yeah. get the idea, or I didn't realize that I get the intel no matter what. It all but red. Red intel yeah. you red have, you have to, to complete. Except you get it just for actually specifically only red intel in Swagman's Hope. Right. And all red intel that moves into Swagman's Hope is flipped face up anyways. Right. You got this. You're okay. Damn. So all I need now two is successes. two successes. <laughs> oh, that's all I need now. <laughs> you got one. That so, is a failure. Which means you fail. Um, <laughs> fail. She spins with a knife and it cuts across your chest. She punches you in the mouth and then kicks you in the stomach. 
Why is she being so mean? It's embarrassing. That's what it says. <laughs> oh, jeez, oh, thanks. No, it's what it says here. <laughs> Pedestri- Pedestrians are laughing. Oh, my gosh. The woman runs off. You get... <laughs> you get a status. Getting flabby. <laughs> Sorry. Rude. I can't believe that, so that exists. Not only are the pedestrians oh currently laughing at me, but I'm also getting fat. Yeah. No, not fat. So flabby. There's a difference. What is the difference? I have no idea. Here, I'll pass up that one that says tough. <laughs> Yeah, thanks. Keep going. Keep going until you see something jiggling. What oh is this flabby card? Getting flabby. There it is, right yeah, there. Yeah. Getting flabby. That is yours. Thanks. You obtain a new status, but kicked by a blind person. <laughs> oh, rude. Really? So maybe a secret thing too, so you may not be able to reveal. Getting flabby means when conducting an athletics, which is one of the things I'm highest at. Yes. Um, or hand to hand, I can only pull one die from the bag maximum. That's too bad. How do you get rid of it? <gasps> I can discard it for completing a secret mission. That's got to be just. I, I, <laughs> it's like the meanest. <laughs> it's probably the most insulting card I've ever heard. Oh yeah. But you do get to hear like uh, when we're saying black dynamite. The black die in this has like, isn't it like five sides of the die succeed? Yeah. It's like almost a guarantee, and you're randomly drawing these out of a bag blindly. Yeah. When you spend a resolve to try to gain more dice, and right. so some, or, or whenever you're using your, a certain skill that gives you a bonus die as well, uh, you're trying to get these dice. And so there's certain ones that like just barely give you a little better. All of them are better than your base die. Yeah. But, but <clears> like the green much, die, the green die is like by one. Yeah. The next die is the same amount of successes as the green die, only there's an extra heal space instead of a miss. I mean, right. it's, but but the black die is, is the one you're going for, for sure. Yeah, it's like the best. <clears throat> so let's con- <laughs> It's know. likely you're going to succeed if you get that one. Yeah, for sure. Let's uh, continue Angela's turn and see how that turns out. Can I get a counter? Uh, yes. <laughs> Please. Europe. Europe. Let's see. Mysterious Stranger 3... Group response B. Yeah, you can have that. Mysterious stranger. I can either impress, be on my guard, rely on instinct, persuade. I get to read. That's excellent. Admire, detain, or intimidate. Um. Oh yeah, I still have this getting flabby. So my athletics. Turkey dinner. You have the turkey dinner card. <laughs> but then my dinner, I can only pull one die. This really upsets me. I want certain things. Yeah, that just had things. On the one card. thing that I'm good at. Well, we're all right. We're I'm all going good at to. Something. Let's persuade. So number four, please. Okay. So three, four, five. Did I not just have one, two, three earlier, and now no, I have? This is the combination to your gym locker. No, three, four, five. I gotta, I gotta say, Flabby's one of the worst cards that you can get. <laughs> I'm just it? so pleased with her encounters because, like, when you go through the book of encounters, you have to like do a certain thing to to figure out what number encounter you're gonna do. And for her to get one, two, three, and then three, four, five is just awesome. <laughs> 
Well, uh, the, the bad news is, is Angela's having some bad luck. And yeah, a string a of it, you know. Yeah. Uh, let's see how my luck's doing. You have spent a week on the submarine and you're starting to get claustrophobic. The you're... one that picked me up from the island. <laughs> you're hunting Captain Nemo, who was sworn never to set foot on land again. He travels the ocean in a submarine, <laughs> harassing shipping vessels on behalf of Smirsh. When the sonar operator reports a contact and it's all hints to battle stations. <laughs> Torpedoes strike Nemo's ship and it surfaces. <gasps> weapon use, weapon use, weapon uh, use, weapon use. Come on, weapon use. <laughs> no whammies, no whammies. athletics minus one. Sucks. Deception plus one with two successes. Sucks. Pass with lock picking uh-huh. or disguise. Lock picking? Disguise? Yeah. Well, I dressed the torpedo up like my mom and he ran right into it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> just imagine a torpedo with a moo-moo and curlers on the top. You know? The torpedo looked like it was carrying a pie, so I drove the boat into it. <laughs> Come on. Okay, so what are you going to roll? Athletics minus one or deception plus one with two successes? Deception plus one with two successes because I have a deception two. All right. So I need the bag, need the bag. of O-dice. O-dice. Here you go. That's the O-dice. Here we go. Black dynamite! Black dynamite! <laughs> Come on! <laughs> oh. Is this black? Don't drop one Black dynamite? Dynamite? No. Oh. Red thunder. No. Red thunder? Is that what you just said? <laughs> Green! Go! Here we go. So you get three? Wait, plus one, you plus said. Plus one, yeah. So I get four. You get four? Yeah, I have a three. Well, no, I have two. I get three. Then no, I get. Because I get the one. What's your number? It's two, and I get plus one, so it's three. So you get three. Total Here we go. Dice. That's it. You're done. But I have to have two successes. This is terrible. Get your hand out of that dice. It's not going to happen. Here we go. I got this. I got this. Here it is. I failed. No. And, and I got injured. injured. This is unbelievable. <laughs> you just see what I got? Fail, fail, and injury one. Sakola. By the way, um, disguise is the oh, dumbest thing I've ever heard associated with attack? a torpedo attack. <laughs> oh, no. Yay. It gets worse. It gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> you attempt to board Nemo's submarine when it's, while it is surfaced for repairs, but you're caught almost immediately. Nemo orders you to be bound and fired from a torpedo tube. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're laughing. <laughs> That is awful. Unfortunately, the UN submarine picks you up before you drown. Or fortunately, the UN Unfortunately, unfortunately. to Nicole. <laughs> well, you get two injuries. Two more? Yeah. This is insanity. No, three injuries? Yeah. I mean, how many? I can take two extra. Oh, I forgot to roll my psychotic roll. I didn't roll a one. That makes me automatically fail all tests. I'm doing terrible over here. Poindexter is a joke. Oh my god, I'm psychotic. Yeah, you had a psychotic. Yeah. Well, did we even get to fight a henchman yet during any of this? I don't know. I know you didn't fight Pierre. My nemesis. I know. This this is going downhill pretty fast, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) 
Move to the nearest island. Oh, no. What? What a mistake. Mistake I made. You wash up on an unknown island, clinging to bits of wreckage, and when you have recovered, you look and see if anything else has washed ashore. (gasps) All you find is a crate of tinned peas. Yum. You open the can with your trusty Swiss army knife (laughs) and stare out at the sea. Part of you wants to give it all up and make a home make a home on this island paradise. But a bigger part of you wants to rejoin the fight against Smirsh. What? That's what it says. So, how do you get off this rock? You test Spycraft plus one. Or, you pass with luck or adventurer. <laughs> Unbelievable. I would have had it. Uh, Spycraft, I have one. So you get plus one. So you get two. Yeah, let's do that. Bag of dice. And here is your gray good dog. She's going for. Don't worry, I'm going to fight that guy next turn. (laughs) With my one hit point. Come on, Black Mamba. Oh, wait, Black Dynamite. Black Mamba. Black Mamba. Got it. Yes. I really did get it. Okay. Black Dynamite has hit the table. I'm going to call it Mamba because obviously that worked. Let's go, Black Mamba. Come on. Do you guys want to say something? Or are we going to have to edit? No. <laughs> what the crap? Oh, Two injury man. and one heal? Yep. So so I get one injury, still... which is four, which I die, right? Fred, what yeah. happened? Fred, I don't want to. I'm, I know. This isn't about what I want. I know. This, this, is, about, this is about the storyline, not what you want. This is Sometimes what... main don't characters die. Book. I have to pick up this book. Okay, can I have another? Okay, so... Thank you, so may I have another? <laughs> I think you've you've expired, okay? I don't... That's okay. So what... Where is it? Where's like... It should have like a big thing that just says, Character dies. Hmm. Wow. Yes. Hmm. Where is the thing that says a player might die? What did your little V one? Oh, it doesn't matter. It's any good. Never mind. Mm-mm. That's not it. It's just the villain. Okay. Yeah. Each time you're injured, you take an injury token. When your injuries equal are equal to or more than your life points, you discard all injury tokens. Hey, that's great. Right? I like this yeah. so far. Yeah. But... That's, that's, that's positive. However... Maybe the rest of it's going to be like that. And you immediately draw a villain advancement card and advance Dr. Lobo's track. So draw a villain advancement card and no. do the advanced Dr. Lobo's track thing. What does that say? Dr. Lobo gives speech at the nearly completed Sydney Opera House. One. Goes forward one. So he's at level eight. Now, <laughs> so far we haven't got one single location intelligence at all. Yeah. Just letting you know how much worse last we're doing time, this game. I was going to say, last time, but at this point, uh, we had so many. I know. I know. Okay, so and then you get to continue even if you were in the middle of an encounter. Injury does not affect the pass or failure of the encounter. Unfortunately, though, you got that card because you failed the encounter. So you still fail. Yes. Okay, and now we so the, the fail is this. You finish your peas. <laughs> of course I did. I love them. Now, you still haven't had any brilliant ideas, but it looks like all you can do for now is wait. You set to work building a shelter and gathering food, and you also make a mental note to remember that the red berries growing on the north side of the island are poisonous. And you take one injury. 
goodness. Okay. I'm not even mad. On your way to dying again. Now, I just want to point out how gentle and concerned what I call my Fred side manner is. Uh, <laughs> that was your type of joke. Are you kidding me? That wasn't good, though. That's it. <laughs> now, <clears throat> there are only nine levels to Dr. Lobo's track. When Dr. Lobo hits number nine, everybody dies. Now, in order to win the game, we have to collect five location tokens by defeating his henchmen five times in order to locate his to secret base. And we've collected one three times. No. We have to defeat a total of five times. We don't have to defeat any one of his henchmen altogether. We have to defeat them collectively five times. That's right. And we have done that zero times. Right. Now, we've collected intel towards the winning of the game. Right. We've got intel in our pool. But we haven't collected the other type of intel, which is locational intel, which tells us where to fight Dr. Lobo and defeat him. Right. So... This next clip might contain a miracle. Do you think it does? (laughs) (laughs) A seminar funded discreetly by Dr. Lobo is actually a recruitment drive. Dr. Lobo is looking for intelligent and disgruntled scientists to help him build a space station. UN intelligence believes he has also gathered several warheads to spend or to send to his space station. You must be selected by Dr. Lobo's henchmen to join this group. Ooh. You can pass with disguise. Nope. Nah. Or you can test persuasion minus two or deception two. Deception. Twice. Sorry. Two successes? I guess. Is that what the brackets mean? Yeah. I guess I'll do persuasion minus two because I have zero on both. So rolling one die and possibly make it. Making it is better than rolling one die and... Definitely losing because you can't get it twice. I want you to make it. I did not. <clears throat> we just lost the game. What? Because we're gonna have to not necessarily. It. You have to do a villain advancement card. Game. Right. Okay. Well, what's my fail? What was my fail? It's okay. Just what do a failing? villain advancement card and see if we lose. Yeah, we lost. Oh god. Yeah, we lost. Oh, just like that. I feel so. Sad. Cheated. I it only took. Yeah, I feel like cheated. Why? Because you never because even got anywhere in Australia. For I one. beat the Aussie butcher once, didn't I? <laughs> you Barely. did. I slapped him right in his Aussie face. <laughs> we got our butts kicked. That was terrible. I know. I'm just very disappointed because last time I, know, I felt like we threw down. So what are these stranded cards? Those come up randomly know. in Aussie encounters. There's an entire other book that's for Aussie encounters, which we never even got to do because yeah, we never even got to open. Dude. Well, because how many turns did I have? I went from the Congo to Nairobi to Zanzibar. That was my first turn. Then I went to the Indian Ocean. Then you that was my second turn. Island. I got moved to the island. I moved back to the Indian Ocean. Then I moved to Australia. So I only had four turns and we lost that game. Yeah. That's how fast that went. Last time we played like, it seemed like we played like double the turns. We were doing so yeah. well last time. <clears throat> and the last time we were moving all over the map, it yeah. felt like. Mm-hmm. Here I barely got away anywhere. from Rome. <laughs> I know. And, okay, how many locations did we ever end up getting? Two? Or was it Three. Three. But because because this guy came out, but we only right. actually got one of five location successes. Yeah, 
because I fought the Aussie Butcher, which got us one location intelligence. Do you want to see how we were doing on intel? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's well, one that's we needed. One. That's one we needed. Whoa. That's another one we needed. That's one we needed. Shut up. That's one we needed. <gasps> we were going to win the game. Oh, my God. We had the exact I combination. Just Are you kidding me? No. We had the exact combination to beat him on level eight. That's in exact insane. tokens. That is the first time yeah, I've ever no, seen I've that. I've never no seen No leftover that. tokens either. Wow. Wow. That would have been the most epic win ever had we won with six tokens on level eight with exactly six spots. Yeah. But alas. <laughs> that is stunning. Seriously. It was not in the stars. That's absolutely stunning. Yes. I thought we'd be at least one off. That's like yeah. lottery winning kind of thing. <laughs> We should all go get a Powerball ticket right now. I know. (laughs) And that is the end of our session. Now, we reference a lot in that last clip that we played this before. In fact, what we need to admit is that we played this seven days before. Right. And we won the game for the first time ever. Yes. And the reason being is because you spend the whole game collecting these tokens and putting them down, and you will end the game... With, like, eight tokens on a space, like, on, on Dr. Lobo's track, each one has different requirements that, that it takes in these, you know, intel tokens to beat him. But you don't know what you have. Because they're secret intel. <clears throat> so it's a total crapshoot. You might have 12 tokens there and still not have all the tokens necessarily to have, necessary to have the winning formula. Right. And because we had, you'll need, like, a, the one of them's got a little gun symbol on it. One of yeah. them's got, like, a little nuclear symbol on it. And you have to have the certain combination. Yeah, a little, little magnifying glass. Yeah. You have to have this combination, and you don't know until you find Dr. Lobo's fifth location. You don't know if you've won the game or not. You truly don't. Right. Because it's still, it's still up in the air as to whether or not you can capture him or not. And that's represented by those little tokens. Yeah. And we had won the game, and there was a recording error. It, yeah. It <clears throat> turns was your out, fault. Yeah, it turns out when you buy a new iPad, and we record on an iPad, that's not a secret. Uh, turns out, whenever, whenever you uh, buy a brand new one, Apple comes by default to ring all Apple devices on the same wireless network. By default, right when you turn it on. And so my brand new iPad... Nicole's phone went off and it rang on my iPad and that the recording went back to the recording app and the timer was still going. The meters were still going and we played for another 45 minutes and it turned out it had stopped the recording, you know, 45 minutes before and we lost the recording of our win. Right. <clears throat> so we tried to play again. And Much that's, to I, Angela's dismay. Yeah. It was, she didn't really want to. And I went out and I bought Swagman's Hope because I'd seen it at a uh, at like a uh, recovery store, you know, like a, a shipping recovery store. Yeah. So I got it for like half price, which is great. But yeah. The, uh, but yeah, we proceeded to play what, I'm, I'm going to be honest, was the single worst game of that we've played so far as far as results go. Yeah. We, we did so poorly. And to have that, that unbelievable ending of exactly the number of Intel tokens that we Six. needed in the right combination. Because yes. in that one, there's like four individual ones and then two of one particular one. Yeah. And to have that was It was really cool. It really, was really cool. cool ending, but, uh, but still... Yeah. So uh, let's talk about this 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 game. It's a story telling game. Obviously, we could hear 
how great the stories were that were coming out and how much fun they were to enjoy together. And, and, you know, you share that experience by passing the book. And I'll tell you that no one is playing with their cell phone during this game. No. They don't. Because it's engaging the whole time to hear what other people are doing on their turn. Yeah, there's no downtime. There's no, okay, it's somebody else's turn. Let me check my And it's always interesting. It's always something new coming out. Yeah. Uh, I think the production is, is good. Yeah. I don't think it's amazing, but it definitely definitely gets the job done. There's anything wrong with any yeah, of it. I it think gets it's, the job done. Yeah, it's colorful. It's nice. Mm-hmm. And you get that big book. I mean, that big that book is... That book is awesome. It's massive. It, it's yeah. probably a two-pound book. Yeah, it's know? pretty heavy. Uh, and it's good quality, too. You can pass that puppy around, and it's fine. Another thing I, I kind of think is, is neat about this is this is a, a spy game. Yeah. And, and it's such... Thematically, it's a very unused kind of thing. And if someone does it, it's really just pasted on. Having this storytelling and having it be spy world is really interesting. It's it's a lot of fun. And, you know, most of the time if someone does a spy thing, I mean, like, they'll, they'll just kind of like, you know, oh, yeah, you're spies. Now uh, guess who's who's what card, you know? And yeah, it's you're just right. It's like, more like deduction usually. It's like, oh, that's not a good story. Yeah. You know? That's just a detective game, and you're calling it a spy game. Yeah. You know? And so, I mean, I really like how the theme comes through, and I I think this is probably the pinnacle of that genre, really, to me. Mm -hmm. If you want a spy game, if you're a fan of James Bond, a fan of spy games, you should buy this game. Yeah. I think even if you're not, it's really fun. (laughs) Now, negatively, I think that there is that sort of crapshoot, you know, ending. You can. Ha- I've yeah. had it. So we've had nine tokens going for four spaces and failed the game at the end. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know. I mean, that's like part of co-op games. Is mm-hmm. it's supposed to be really hard to beat them? Yeah. Like it's a miracle when you beat a co-op. Well, and that's this one, make it, I'm, I'm not one. kidding. I think we're one, one and seven. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> so it's it it does follow that path of co-op dif- difficulty. And that's even more impressive, the fact that this is not a very mechanical, you know, puzzle-type game, which right. is what, what a lot of those co- like cooperative games turn out to be. Yeah. This is a lot more chaotic, and the fact that it still is able to generate that There's a that lot sort of, of luck uh, involved with it. Yeah. It's more, probably more luck in, than, I mean, there's definitely not any skill. Yeah. You're just rolling a die and hoping you make it. Yeah. And But, I mean, I guess making the decision-making of if you're going to use your resolve to roll the extra dice... You know, when are you going to do that? Because you only get so much, and then you have to try and gain it back. But this, there's just as much story that comes out when you fail as when you succeed. So yeah, it's like, and that's really cool. We still enjoy it even when, I mean, I think that comes through in the recording, that we still enjoy it even when we're failing. Yeah, absolutely. You know? <clears throat> so in this this is a very close game, to close relative, of Tales of Arabian Nights. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> personally... I would say I like this game more than Tales of Arabian Nights. Not just because the theme is better, but I think that the character building's a little more impressive and interesting. Uh, I think that the the way the book kind of plays off of you is a little better, better implemented, like how the skills work in the book and stuff are a little better. Yeah. With no. the exception of disguising torpedoes. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, that's that's a strange instance, you know. Yeah, we only played the Arabian Arabian Nights once, though, so I don't know. I'd like I've to played play it twice. It. Well, you're special. That's because I am special. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the, uh, but um, <laughs> I'd like to try it again, though. That's for sure. Yeah, but, but, but this one, yeah, it's good. So let's give this a rating, Nicole. What would you rate this on teaching a new player, like a player, like an unskilled gamer? How hard would this be? 
I don't think very hard. Um, uh, the book is actually pretty well laid out if you read through the whole thing mm-hmm. uh, in advance. I mean, it's a little tricky because it talks about, you know, the movement and stuff. Of, it, it talks about the encounters, but it doesn't really – like it does like I like I did. It doesn't talk about yeah. testing them until later in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but none of it's really difficult to figure out. Yeah. And like I said, you don't even have to use the book if you <clears> want to <throat> keep it really, yeah. really simple. You just flip a card when it says time for an encounter. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it was, I don't think it's real difficult to teach yeah. now, or An- to even understand off of the book. Now, Angela's a really smart girl. And she's she, really smart. She's, and she catches on to games really well. And she went online and watched a YouTube how to play video and showed up. And as I was going over the stru- instructions, she was like, oh, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. I know. Oh, yeah. And then you do this. And uh-huh. I'm like, this this girl knows what's going on. She it's was unbelievable. prepared. She was ready. She was. She She's good about that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So what would you rate it on teaching a non-gamer? I think it's probably still only about a two. Yeah, I'd say two. Yeah. For sure. It's real easy to, to teach. <clears throat> now, what is your rating out of five? How much do you like this game? Uh, it's a five for me. I love this game. It's yeah. so much fun. Like you said, like you said, even if you lose, yeah. you do not feel ripped off in mm-hmm. any respect, even as badly as we lost. Yeah. And the fact that we had that perfect combo and lost, I I don't feel ripped off. It was such a fun experience. Yeah. The only reason I felt ripped off was because of our stupid recording on the previous yeah. one failing. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to say it's in my own in my own collection. It's a five. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see a reason that I'd ever get rid of it, and it does it does you know scratch a unique itch for me, mm-hmm. and it's just it's it's there to stay right now. I can't. I don't know the game that's going to replace that and make me go, oh, well, this, I would never have replaced this spy game until this spy game came out and made it way better. I mean, this is really, it's just a great game. It truly is. Yeah. And I don't even know that I would replace it with a different storytelling game just because. Well, no, I have Tales of Arabian Nights. I wouldn't replace it with that. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily replace Tales of Arabian Nights with this either, though, because it just, no. it's a different feel. So. I know. Because of the storytelling you element. Get locked in a jail for half the game and we laugh at you. Thanks. <laughs> uh, but anyways, <laughs> that's our uh, review of uh, Ages of Smirsh. Now, I think we do have time to answer a question. Okay, but we got to do it quickly. Okay, here we go. We do have answers. Uh, I, I got a, uh, a question written in by Jeff, and he wrote us and asked, My daughter, she's nine, and I often sit down and try to design games we'd like to play or create modifications of games we already like, more than just house rules, like expansions. So, have either of you sat down and created a board or card game, and what sort of game would you create if you did? Nicole, have you ever created a game? No. No? No. Have you ever thought about a game that you would like to create? What kind of game would you create if you did? I don't know. I'm not that creative. You're not? With games. Like, I'd be too afraid that I'd screw up the mechanics so much. I think mechanics can be, well, I don't know. They can be pretty important. 
Was that my stomach? Yes. Oh, shush. Okay. <laughs> well, now, I have, uh, while I've not really created a game, like, completely out of the blue, I mean, honestly, I, I if, if I'm playing games, you know, especially, like, sh- the shorter the game, the more likely I am to modify it. You know, like if I'm playing bags or something with someone now, we're gonna we're gonna play southpaw bags, so we play left-handed the whole time, and <laughs> I do, I do modifications all the time. You know, yeah. you just but do that. Now, as far as board too, though, game, though, think about it. I think how often I lose at games. Yeah. Do you think I need to be trying to design anything for anyone? <laughs> mean, I obviously don't get it. You should design a game called I Win. <laughs> <laughs> how do you play? It's I one win. card, and it just says, "Is your name Nicole?" You win. I win. <laughs> but the uh, so we just designed a game, Jeff. The, the uh... <laughs> oh, I did design a game at work. <laughs> what? Um, every time Angela and I play a game, when it says "decide who the first player is," I just point at her real quick so that she has to be the first player. I just point. I, I win because I got to decide. She got first player. Oh, you decided. I decided. See, that's very fun. <laughs> now uh i haven't really created a game but uh i've house ruled games to make it more fun like for instance uh you know go for broke we're getting ready to play our american classics again and we played go for broke last year and this year we are going to basically destroy our half their copy anyways just to make it more fun for us because you go to the casinos way too much and we'd like to do more of a stock market game in that game well, because there's a lot of casino cards. It's awful. We got to review it before we before we uh, change it. We're gonna record no. I'm, it. I'm not going to play it again with that with those same rules. We played for like an hour and a half, and it was just like, what do I do? Oh, I go to casino again. And then we we weren't even singing the fun song after that. Well, the fun song we can't <laughs> sing on here because it was not written uh, by it's us. Not ours, but it's still but it's fun. really fun. Anyhow, but uh, so uh, you know. As far as creating, though, I have ideas for a horror game, and I haven't really sat down to work it out. But I feel like, and but the the basis behind my thoughts about it right now, I can just say this is that I do feel like, with a few exceptions, that horror in board games turns out to be sort of a mindless killing spree most of the time, mm-hmm. which is probably why I don't really like zombie games a lot, is because that's pretty much what zombie is. Mm-hmm. I, I respect what Romero does for the genre. I really, really do because he tries to make social statements with zombie stuff happening around it. And I know that left that or that that, you know, Walking Dead tries to kind of do the same thing about, you know, humans and how they relate to each other in crisis. But <clears throat> really it's mindless killing half the time. And I think that <laughs> I think that there's like a there's a certain that that good horror has to build to a crescendo. Mm-hmm. It has to start small and build up. And that there are games that 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 do that somewhat, like Touch of Evil does that. You know, the, the villain gets tougher as you go along and more dangerous as you go along. Same mm-hmm. thing with uh, Mansions of Madness as you subtly go through and investigate. You know, by the end you realize just how big and overwhelming the problem is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it needs to kind of go like that. At, you know, I'm trying, you know, in my kind of opinion... I'm trying to design a game that sort of does that, but also sort of adds that human, you know, it makes you care about your character at the same time. Right. Without having to role play, you know, for months on end to, to, you know, actually start caring about this sheet of paper kind of thing in front of you. Right. But that's, that's, that's all I know is that, that, you know, I always have ideas and I, you know, all of, we always have ideas of how games that we play could be better. And we do implement little, you know, next time we play this, we're not going to use this rule or that rule, or maybe we'll try to implement these extra ones in the back and change them. You know, we do that subtly all the time. But thanks for writing, Jeff. I appreciate that. And this brings us to the end of another 
episode of Talk About Board Games. <clears throat> now, if you guys want to write in, do so. <laughs> they're, they're, you, they're, they're, you know, we can add to the list, you know. Jeff is now in, in the running for favorite person again. Right there with Glenn. <laughs> right there with Matt. Right there with Nate. I love these questions. You know that. I know. I want to get to where we can't remember all the questions that we've had. I'm still going to try to remember all the names. Oh, I won't remember all the names because I <laughs> suck at names. Well, I'll try to remember. But if you'd like to write us, you know, you know, make sure you uh, just write us at Fred or Nicole at TalkAboutBoardGames.com. You can also post, you know, a question or on our board game. I always hate how you say that, by the way. It's Fred at TalkAboutBoardGames.com or Nicole at TalkAboutBoardGames.com. Because if they do Fred or Nicole, you will not strong they're going to ruin me, it. Missy. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can also po- post your questions on our Board Game Geek Guild, Talk About Board Games Guild. Um, be sure to like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, all of it, I think, is talk about board games, except for Twitter is at TA Board Games. Yeah. Um, if you have suggestions for other little social media outlets that you like and would rather us use, yeah, you can feel free to suggest it. Sure. I will try and figure out how to work it. Now, <laughs> I want to thank you for listening to another episode of Talk About Board Games. Now, on our next episode, we are going to play a classic would you say it's a classic? Sure. I mean, it's a modern classic. Okay. Well, in this next episode, we are going to get all powered up when we play Power Grid, the game. Tune in to hear us play Power Grid. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Oh, yeah, I still have this getting flabby. So my athletics. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. You guys are not helping.